Hey everybody and welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 087. 087. That zero is silent. This is episode 87. So we are here, as many of you know, to talk with a good friend of the show, our first three-peat, Mr. Josh Peck. Right, Gons? That's right. And yes. you will hear me repeat pretty much everything he just said when I introduce or Josh we can just, or we can Peck. just jump right into Josh Peck. Or well, no, are we going to do a disclaimer? I thought that's what. We're yeah, doing. that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Or we're doing it, and then we'll go. Then we'll do that. Okay. Well, I'll okay. cut this whole part out then. Yeah, you should keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping it in. All right. So everybody, we just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Josh Peck is a really good friend of. Hours. I usually, you know, I just said friend of the show, but he's, he's just a good personal friend. We've got to spend some time with him in real life, IRL, for you gamers out there. And we started recording this episode and things got a little out of hand. <laughs> Understatement of the subject. Right. I mean, it's, it's, we're just, we got really silly. This is just a disclaimer because we, we are recording super late at night, even more late for Josh. Uh, time zones are like that. And so we get a lot of good talk with Josh about quantum mechanics and dimensional theories. And we kind of span a conversation th- throughout a lot of his books, most of his books. Yeah, we covered a good amount of his we books. We covered a good amount of stuff, so don't be afraid. There's a lot of good material. But we also got really, really silly. Before this episode is starting, I believe we talked for about an hour, and it was just a hilarious, hilarious, so much laughter, so much joking around, so much fun, and... You know, we're going to release a good portion of that pre-show talking uh, to our email list. So if you're not part of our email list, go become a part of our email list. You will get that. And you will also get a similar disclaimer at the beginning of that email. (laughs) Um, But no, this is really, honestly, one of the most fun episodes I think I've ever done. What do you think about guns? That What do you think about that, guns? (laughs) Wait, what you said or what? What just episode? you know? You, I know. Me and Josh had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun too, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, okay. I, we, I was there too, in, in you were Ohio, there. and we hung out. Yeah. And Josh is a good dude, and right. I mean, he, this episode <laughs> that I'm warning everybody about. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's okay. fun. I, I tried to, um, you know, I, I tried to bring things down. You know, yeah. and try to lock stuff down a few times. You will Let's hear me. Go not be successful in that and be reeled into the, the silliness. So much silliness. Okay. So this is, this is a silly disclaimer, a lot of fun. Very, very, very fun. One of our longer episodes, one of the longest, probably the longest episode. So if you're on a road trip or you're at work or something like that, please enjoy. I hope that what was so hilarious to us at the time is hilarious to people who are not up super late. That and having a is my biggest concern. That is, that is a concern. So we'll figure it out. So anyways, I guess that's about it. To some, I apologize. To others, you're welcome. <laughs> so 
I just don't feel bad if you change if you want to go change it to something. Yeah, else. that's the thing. If if you guys are like, what are these silly yeah, people? We realize this. I'm sorry, we won't, we won't you feel, no, no, it's fine. I'm just yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that all of the timestamps are available in the show notes. So yeah, we won't be offended if you don't want to listen yeah, to some of this. It's stuff. very silly, very different episode, but I enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it. It's a great time. We laughed. Enjoy we it. cried. We laughed. We cried. We There's a tried to hurt each other. It was tried just to hurt a, each other. Go join the email list. You can listen to the first hour of our conversation, and I think a lot of the jokes might make a little bit more sense. So there you go. And yeah, so here's something a little bit different. You're listening to Mary Cry Radio. Okay, let's do it. Okay. okay. Um, but just, who's our guest? You go. I'm not. I'm not supposed to start, am I? No. <laughs> yeah, we just. <laughs> oh, well, just well, the guy start. We're just <laughs> silent and we wait for you to start the podcast. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio with your hosts Basil and Gons. I, I'm the guest, but I'm just gonna introduce the show. <laughs> I, I'm the guy. Uh, who's the guest? I'm the guest. I totally said Basil's name first. Like, I think that was a Freudian thing because I didn't even mean to do that. No, Basil's name is always first. Is it? Yeah, we decided on the very first episode we're doing it alphabetically. Oh, uh, shows how familiar I am with your show. <laughs> no, and a lot of people, a lot of people, like, if we get emails and they're like, hey, Gons and Basil, it's like weird. It is weird. It's, it's weird. That does see. sound weird. Basil and Gons sounds. It just a lot. feels a lot better. It's it's yeah. the two syllable one syllable. It just feels yeah. better. But yeah, no, you're not alone. There's a lot. All right, so so we talked <clears throat> about that first topic down. Uh, what thing. else do you want to? <laughs> That's what else totally a thing. That's another what false start for the episode. Guys. I know. It's <laughs> so several several minutes later. It's going to be like three hours long. Yeah, send the whole thing. We're at, uh, I got an hour and 20 minutes. Just send the entire thing. We post the whole episode. The episode doesn't start till an hour and 20 minutes. (laughs) The beginning is longer than the actual episode. And we don't even take out the part about We sleep it. So it's just just like four minutes of (laughs) Nimrod Dude, don't, don't do it again. Get, you don't even get the electronic noise. You actually overdub with your own voice. Yeah, it's, like, just, <laughs> it's just me. Me and a banjo. I just play the banjo. Yeah, I get over. to go through all this again. I get to relive it again. I know. I'm <laughs> God. That is amazing. Alright. Okay, you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Here we go. We're just going to carry it through. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another, they turned not when they went, they went every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. 
they four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went every one straight forward. Whither the spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures, with his four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their work was likened to the color of a barrel, and they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went. Thither was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. When those went, these went, and when those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. And under the firmament were their wings straight, the one toward the other. Every one had two, which covered on this side, and every one had two, which covered on that side, their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of an host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads, when they stood and had let down their wings. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. We are here with our first three-peat guest. Yeah, three-peat. We got a three-peat. Woo! And uh, he was on episode 52, he was on episode 76, and he's so big time now, we're, we don't even know how he made time so for big. us. It's Josh Peck. <laughs> Josh. Finds lawyer, Josh Peck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have anything to say, I just have a lot of laughs. I that's, know. That's I how know. we're going to oh, start wait, the show. This, I just, this, isn't, oh, oh, oh. this isn't Josh Peck from Nickelodeon? This is, <laughs> this is this is such a disappointment. From Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. He's got yeah, you and like a, Facebook <laughs> followers. Yeah, you and like a hundred other people on my Facebook list that right. I I know have mistaken me, but you know they're on my friends list, so I got I gotta keep them around. It's so good, you gotta keep them. And just so everybody here knows, I know this is a little abrupt, our joyousness and laughter, but Josh has been on the line here talking with us for an hour with me. For an hour and 20 minutes, even longer with Gons. And uh, if you want to enjoy just long laughs and a hilarious outtake slash wonderful conversation. Josh, Josh Peck therapy was basically Josh what Peck it was. Therapy. We were helping him. 
before this episode, uh, you can go and join our email list on Canary Cry Radio. We will be sending some great uh, little snippets and maybe just a just a great time. So go do that. Pause this. Go to Canary Cry Radio, join the email list, and prepare to laugh your butt off because it was hilarious. Um, but now we're going to get into the real episode. <clears throat> Time to get serious. Uh, <laughs> 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 Which is going to be very difficult, apparently. This is going to be hard. All right. Okay, so Josh, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? <laughs> what was What was that? Josh? <laughs> I'm trying so hard. How's the uh, how's uh, AOL messenger? <laughs> well, I'm still confused by it, but you know I'm, yes. I'm getting there. And, and if anybody can explain iTunes to me on the computer, <laughs> you can email me at joshrecdisclosure at gmail dot com at gmail dot slash forward slash AOL dot com and explain iTunes on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will get the sharpening on. I get that question a lot. A lot of people ask me, like, is the sharpening on iTunes? And I say, I don't know. And for everybody who doesn't know, the sharpening is your podcast. Yeah. And that a, lot I of, just, a lot of just, people don't know because it's not on iTunes. <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a podcast, except it's on what's that website? Potobot or something? Potomatic. Potomatic. There you go. Potomatic. <laughs> <laughs> well it's on it's on well i've been doing a lot more video interviews so it's on youtube because that you know it's youtube that's for videos right <laughs> and it's like the fanta of podcasts <laughs> it totally is <laughs> well i was on blog talk for a while but it, it you know it costs money to have anything substantial on there and i thought you well never touch that yeah well, yeah and I, so i thought well you know, instead of doing that, you know, because I get donations and stuff, and I thought, right. you know, I don't want to spend other people's money on this, which isn't really doing that well anyway, because I, I, I have way more success on YouTube than I ever did on Blog Talk. So I thought, well, I'll just take it off Blog Talk, blog talk do the free Potomatic thing for the audio for people that want the audio, and I'll just right. put everything up on YouTube because it's mostly video interviews anyway. And so far, it's worked out great. It's just I cannot figure out the iTunes thing because some people <laughs> apparently some people are able to get my show on iTunes somehow. I I no. don't get it, but but yeah, no, yeah, some people really? are, but then yeah, but yeah, because I I asked a couple, you know, I, I was starting to get a couple questions. Are you sure they're there. not listening to Josh Peck the Actors Podcast? It could be. It very well could be. I have no idea. I don't know how this stuff works, but I because I was starting to get a couple questions like, when are you going to be on iTunes? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I, I actually thought that was an automatic thing, that when you have a podcast, you're just on iTunes. And boy, was I wrong on that one. But so I, <laughs> I went I, through I this look, whole... I looked I'm, up, I'm looking at it, too. I don't see quick, it. I looked up the sharpening on the iTunes, on the Is iTunes there? store. No, it's, uh, no, it's not there. sharpening with a water stone. Uh, That's sharpening stone ministries. Culinary knife skills. Um, there's an episode called Knife Sharpening on uh, the podcast. Sharpening Epic- your soul. Sharpening your. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I see that's sharpening. Close. Sharpening a hand plane on the podcast. Rough cut word work. Woodworking with Tommy Mac. That's probably uh, what people are listening to and then thinking that it's me. 
That's my podcast. I'm learning learn so sh- much. Yeah, learn how to sharpen your knives and woodworking and nothing <laughs> at all to do with me as a person or what I do, but... But yeah. well, there is sharpening. There is sharpening stone ministry. I just okay, pulled so, up. So uh, there, uh, yeah. there's no the sharpening Josh no. Peck. Nothing. Well, Let me I search pulled up Josh. Josh Peck. Yeah, I just did Josh Peck. And uh, number one, we have John Jay and Rich podcast with uh, Josh oh. Peck. Yeah, which that's is, nice. Uh, definitely not I you, up Josh Peck. And it's the it's name. Us. Oh, it's a song. Oh, it's a song called Soul Man. <laughs> On the album Drake and Josh songs, from that's that actor, the real Josh Beck. Yeah, the real. Jo- I had. I'm older than him. I looked it up. I had. I had this name first. He's he's the imposter. Like, I'm older than him. He's an actor on Nickelodeon. <laughs> of course, you're older than him. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sure he plays like a 15 year old and he's 21, which still <laughs> makes you older than him. But okay. All right. We got, you're on the, you're on Canary Cry Radio for a reason. Yeah. I uh, wrote a book. I wrote a book, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why you're here? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I'm just, I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. I'm, 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 I'm chill, bro. <laughs> Man, all right. After your your professional experience over at Skywatch, I'm sure this is really helping your credibility. It, you know, believe it or not, it was nothing like this. <laughs> Probably Weird. much more organized Weird. and professional. You didn't talk about Nickelodeon, and I tried. I believe me, I tried. <laughs> your woes. <laughs> My woes. <laughs> You're like resenting your parents. I feel, I feel so sorry for the listeners. I, okay, yeah, all right, sorry. Like this for an hour, yeah, yeah, they just come in, and we're just in hysterics for no reason. Okay, all right. So I guess Josh Beck, what? What did you write a book or something? <laughs> kinda, a little bit. <laughs> kinda. All right. Well, it's it's like it's only really my tenth or eleventh time doing this, writing a book. <laughs> Which, by the way, when I saw you getting ready to release this, I was like, okay, the boy has put out how many books now in a time that I've, I've tried to put out, what, one book? And in that time, I think you've released two. Yeah. And I still haven't finished one. So whatever you're doing over there. Yeah. 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 My, my, the, <laughs> yeah the, ma- the major, like the major releases, I guess. I, this is my third book, but I, like I have like this anthology thing and then I have like five really short books and then I have a gospel harmony and this Are and that. Are you making money with these books? Like why how do you have so much free time? I don't get it. <laughs> Am I making money? Look at what I write about. Do you think I'm making any money off of this? <laughs> I figured people are like, oh, Josh Peck from Nickelodeon wrote a book. <laughs> I that's- think that's probably what a majority of my sales are from. <laughs> like, why is this guy writing about biblical prophecy? <laughs> yeah, if he if he ever like gets saved, I don't even know if he is, but if he ever gets saved and starts writing, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you will probably sell like a thousand more books. Yeah, you you, you can team up, you know, books. Josh and Josh, or like Peck Josh and Peck. And Peck and Peck. <laughs> Just call it Josh Peck. There you go. Oh, oh, 
And then you combine to one person. Yeah, okay. All right, anyway. I'm glad that was the joke that killed everything. Good. And then the laughter died. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. And a hush falls amongst the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. All right, so I wrote a book. I wrote a book. Cherubim Chariots. Cherubim Chariots. Not Drake and Josh. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's going to come in Christmas. Okay, all right. So, a cherubim chariots. Um, what? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's the question you have. Like, when I do my show, I write out, you know, 10 or 20 questions for a guest. I don't think I've ever written out, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only... I have my notes here. That's all that's written. <laughs> what? That's my fault, too. That's uh, I, I trust... That you will be able to carry yourself so well, I don't even need to write down questions. <laughs> Here, here's something. Let's let's get into it a little no, bit. To because, be fair, you did send us the book. Yeah, you did. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, uh hey, like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> a month ago, and who can read a whole book in a month, right? No. Oh. <laughs> Just no. Okay, all right. So you did you sent us the book. Yeah. Um uh, we didn't read it, but <laughs> you're lucky. I love you guys so it's much. It's great. I know. I feel such a <laughs> such meanie. Meanie. Yeah. It's a meanie right. that you know, I only say that cuz I know we have kids who listen. And hey, kids, if if you're a kid, hi. <laughs> Basil says hello to you. You're probably in the car. Basil, parents, you're you're going to be a wonderful father. I thank you. Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> just in the morning, my kids wake up, come down. I'm just pouring Fruit Loops with like a bag of sugar. Hi, <laughs> and that's all they get the whole that's day. That's it all day. Their <laughs> lunchbox is just a lunchbox filled with just granulated sugar. <laughs> Have fun at school. Hi. <laughs> Mom's going to drive you. You know, I think we're giving Gons I think we're I think we're giving Gons a lot of editing work. No, this, <laughs> this is, episode isn't going to be out for like another year. He's going to be so busy. No, we're going straight through. That's definitely in the thing. It better I, I'm be. I'm just I'm just saying well, I want to apologize to the person who's listening to canary cry radio for the first time you know they're probably like they're probably like they probably stopped listening by now for one the worst episode yeah they're probably reading the itunes reviews and they're like oh yeah some biblical stuff and then what they get is (laughs) this this (laughs) okay if 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 it helps at all it is like what 2 12 in the morning where i am wow Late. Oh yeah, poor, poor Joshy. Okay, okay, Josh. Josh, here we go. Who yeah, Josh. Are the cherubim? Who are they? Tell us. All right. Wait, wait, wait. For those who may not have read your book, hypothetically, <laughs> what? Give us a just a quick review about what it's about. I just got All hijacked. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'll answer. Well, I guess it would make sense to answer Basil's first. You, you yeah, can answer, yeah, go ahead. Even though he asked second, but yeah. <laughs> all right. So 
The book is called Cherubim Chariots Exploring the Extra Dimensional Hypothesis. And uh, what I wanted to do with, oh man, what I wanted to do with this book, it's hard to go from like the laughing thing to like the serious stuff. <laughs> All right. So what I wanted to do with this book was uh, a, a lot of the proponents of like ancient astronauts, all those kind of things, you know, basically everything in the world, even movies, TV shows, everything's all based around the ETH, which is the extraterrestrial hypothesis. You know, basically aliens come from another planet. That's what UFOs are, all that stuff. Well, I, I wanted to look at the extra dimensional hypothesis, which is the EDH, to, um, because it's not as well known, but there are even non-Christians that have studied that and, and actually subscribe to it, like a Jacques Vallée is a really good example. So I wanted to take that and uh, kind of flesh out more what I did in quantum creation and, and uh, show how the terms extra-dimensional and spiritual are really one and the same. Uh, I, I really like Jacques Vallée's research a lot, and I, I don't at all mean any like insult or anything but when he he might not realize it but when he's talking about extra dimensional stuff he's t he's talking about spiritual stuff he just doesn't you know he doesn't realize it he doesn't subscribe to a biblical worldview like we do so i wanted to take some of that ufo research and and uh apply the edh the extra dimensional hypothesis but from a biblical uh worldview so that's what i did with cherubim chariots and um that well, really well, gets in yeah, yeah. I was just going to chime in because, you know, you said that he wasn't talking, he doesn't have that biblical worldview, but he was talking about the spiritual realm. And I feel yeah. like they're still subscribing to, they, they may not even call it spiritual, but I've heard Dr. John Mack say it's a spiritual thing, yeah. you know, and they've been kind of carried off into, like jo Dr. John Mack was sort of into the new age kind of thing, you know, yeah. so there's that, they don't necessarily not say it's spiritual, but then when they do, if they don't have that biblical foundation it's always like kind of you know that's new agey or, or yeah. gnostic yeah yeah that's that's their version of spiritual and you know a, a lot a lot of the church is is kind of put off by science and especially things like quantum physics because it's so weird and you know it, it's weird and uh a, a lot of the church is put off by that because they don't think that it's compatible with the Bible, but it actually, actually, that science is is so compatible it is ridiculous. All you got to do is just uh, replace a couple of terms that are synonymous anyway, and and the biggest one is extra dimensional and spiritual. It's the same thing. Now, New Age and Gnosticism and all that stuff, they have their interpretation of what spirituality is and what it looks like, and you know, of course, it's not all correct you know i, I don't want to be like too insulting about it but it is wrong uh it, but the biblical uh definition of what the spirit world is like it, that that's that's where we get our truth from that you know that's the correct so i wanted to i wanted to look at the extra dimensional uh hypothesis through a biblical lens because i i think that that is uh going to be you know the uh, the most accurate way to look at this thing, and you know we we have we already know like people like you and I and and that, that study this stuff. We already know you know aliens are fallen angels and demons and all you know all that. But how are we going to communicate that to somebody who's really entrenched in the extraterrestrial hypothesis? You know if if you go to somebody who's like really into the ancient astronaut thing and say. Oh, did you know? Uh, you know those aliens are just fallen angels. They're going to immediately shut their ears. They don't want to hear that. But right. if you, 
if you talk, if you're able to talk to them in scientific terms, which is what they'll be used to, and show them that, well, it's far more likely that these things are from a higher dimension rather than another planet because they don't have to break the laws of physics for it to be possible. If you, if you can get them there, then you're just one step closer to showing them, well, actually, extra dimensional and spiritual are basically the same thing, and here's why. And then you just lead them to the Bible. You know, it may, it's a process, but it makes it a lot easier. So I wanted to put together a book that is accessible to Christians who uh, who are just interested in it, or Christians who want to be able to witness to these people, or even um, people who are uh, who subscribe to the ETH but are still open-minded enough to you know read a book like mine. So it's uh, it, it it's accessible to non-Christians as well. I, I I didn't really put a whole lot of like the you know like the Christianese stuff <laughs> like the really super churchy language I, I didn't really put a whole lot of that in there so it's accessible to non-christians as well that's what the book's about so now on to gonza's question i guess <laughs> <laughs> as i prattle on and on uh the cherubim so all right in our physical world we have three spatial dimensions you know and we usually we tend to classify things by outward appearance we sort things out in accordance to you know size shape color that sort of stuff but that 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 works out fine here but in the spirit world or you know in uh extra dimensional existence that doesn't really work so well uh things there biblically speaking seem to be classified by jobs so uh the cherubim they're actual extra dimensional entities they are they're angels um they vary in appearance but they're they're known uh they're mainly known by their purpose their uh their their job you know they they seem to uh their purpose seems to be to protect or, or to guard things. Uh, we we see that not only in Christianity, but even in the in the surrounding nations uh, of Israel, like ancient Syria, uh, ancient Assyria, and Babylon, all that stuff. They they had uh, myths of the. They didn't always call them cherubim. Uh, they usually called them uh, Lamassu or Shadus, but they basically looked like the same thing. Um, but the job was to protect. They would even uh, carve these things out of stone and put them in their palace doors to protect the way. They would even have inscriptions explaining that they, that's what the jobs of these things are, uh, is to protect. So the first uh, the first uh, idea of that that we get in the Bible is from Genesis, uh, Genesis 3, 24, which says, uh, So he drove out the man and placed in the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the Tree of Life. So the cherubim's job was to guard the Tree of Life after the fall of Adam and Eve, so they wouldn't you know, be able to get, get back to it. Uh, so that that's basically who the cherubim are. They're they're protecting angels. Uh, we we see a, a lot of that in in Ezekiel, uh, in Revelation, which that is a whole other thing. But it's really interesting. Um, there's uh, there, there's four of them around the throne of God in, in, in Revelation, but we also see we also see that in Ezekiel as well. So uh, yeah, that that's that's basically what they are. <laughs> What about the the sword, this flaming sword? You know, what do you think that was in in terms of Genesis three? Yeah. Uh, you know, the guarding the the entrance way to the to the garden. What what was well, I that? Think, 
Yeah, I, I think the I think the sword. I I, I remember hearing a, a while ago this uh, teaching by Chuck Missler that talked about, and he he just barely mentioned it, but he was talking about how the sword may have been something that split the dimensions, and he he kind of just left it at that. But that was enough for me, you know, because I'm really into the whole dimensional stuff. Uh, that was enough for me to really you know want to look into that, and what it seems like. Is I, I believe it's possible, and, and and you know Chuck Missler talked a little bit about this too, but I, I think it's possible that before the fall, um, Adam and Eve actually were extra dimensional. You know, they weren't just three dimensional. I believe they could have been as many, uh, well, possibly as many as twelve. Um, but when when the fall happened, I believe that they they. I believe it's possible they could have been confined to the three of space and one of time that we know. And that sword, I I, I believe, could have been uh, the tool that was used to split the dimensions because there there seems to be a a disconnect between the fourth spatial and or, or the third spatial and the fourth spatial. Right. Um, there, there's no like with the first three dimensions. There, there's no disconnect at all. You know the. the the three dimensions that we know are made of the first, the second, and the third. Mm-hmm. But when we get up to the fourth, we can't even we we can't even visualize that. You know, there's little there's little tricks that people can use to try to get their heads around it, but you can't you can't even really visualize it in your mind, let alone experience it. So I, I I think. Yeah, so I think that, and, and I, I I should clarify too when we talk about fourth dimension, like there there are physicists and thing you know people that will say uh, the fourth dimension is time, and that is correct. Uh, but there are also those that say the fourth dimension is a spatial dimension. That's also correct. Uh, there there's as as far as we know, there's only two types of dimensions. There's spatial and temporal. So spatial is you know, obviously dimensions of space and temporal is dimensions of time. So when they say the fourth dimension is the dimension of time, they fit that in there uh, after the third because of when it was discovered. Um, you know, Einstein discovered that. Obviously, we were already aware of three dimensions of space. So they put that in as the fourth. But that's when you look at uh, dimensionality as just one constant you know, thing. But actually, Einstein was even able to show that Time is integrated and woven into space itself. Right. I kind of look at it as uh, as like a, a, an 11 or 12 story building, and each story is a spatial dimension. Time is the elevator shaft that connects them all. I, right. I kind of look at it like that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, the- I'm done with that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it, it's interesting you say that because um that uh, particular uh mode of thinking was uh expressed in the movie recently Interstellar. Yeah. I don't know if anybody saw that. Oh, but yeah. yeah. When he, yeah, well, they, when they, he- yeah, they they took. I don't mean to cut you off. They they, no, they no. well, I, I kind of do mean to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they in that movie, excellent movie by the way. I loved it. But um they uh, they kind of took the more classic approach. They they saw in that movie they looked at time as like a type of spatial dimension. Right. And in a way, it 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 is in the sense that time is woven into spatial you know dimensions as as it is. But they they kind of took it one step further and made time just the fourth dimension. And it's kind of accurate and kind of not like yeah. I, I i believe the more that i've looked into it into this i really believe now that time flows the same in even higher dimensions as it does 
in ours. And and the the reason that I believe that is because um time doesn't flow any differently in the first and second dimension than it does in the third. Right. You, you know, if there was uh like like a hypothetical two dimensional world called Flatland, you know, where it was just beings of two dimensions, we would be able to see them and everything, but time wouldn't move any different for them. You know, a minute would still be a minute. It, yeah. It'd be the same. So I would imagine um that time would be the same in the higher spatial dimensions as well. And actually, my my wife brought up a really good point about that because we were talking, and I said, you know. I, everything that I look at seems to say that time would operate the same in the higher dimensions, but it just seems like it should be different. Right. <laughs> it seems like angels should be able to have some kind of, you know, maneuverability in time. Right. Yeah. And she she brought up a really good point. She said, "Well, you know, think about uh, think about the prophet Daniel. Uh, you know, he he had to sit there and pray for like three weeks or something." Or, uh, something like that like a long time and because the angel was held up if the angel was able to time travel it would have mm. been held up by the prince of persia and then it would have just went back in time when uh when daniel first started praying i yeah. said you know that make that does make a lot of sense you never there there's a lot of times that time travel for angels would be really convenient but it yeah, never happened right. how, do you, I do, I do, how do you rectify that with um you know a, a thousand years shall be like a day well, see, that's God, and that's I, God, I that, yeah. yeah, that that was that was the the next point I was going to make <laughs> is, is that God, God, yeah, God, God is out. I believe God's outside of time, and there are points in the Bible that it does seem like time travel is possible. But in each one of those times, God Himself is involved. It's not just some angel doing something. You so know? He may be at a just totally outside of all dimensions, or do you th- yeah, do you yeah, think yeah, He exists he, he, at a dimension that's higher than all other he, dimensions. He created all the dimensions. You know, yeah. in the whole the whole dimensional construct, He created all that. He's outside of it. He doesn't have to have a space around him to contain him you know right so uh, th- well, it, I, makes I sense. Look, yeah. it makes sense because as you said earlier that einstein uh you know connected space with time and yeah. so if god's able to operate outside of space then that would give him the ability to operate outside of time whereas we see over and over again that angels are confined to space because they had a beginning, yeah. They they right. were cre- they were created at some point, so they they had a beginning. God's the only the only entity that was never created. You know, he he just always was. He existed before time, but there's no such thing as you know before time because that's still time when we use words like before and after. Right. So we say outside of time. Uh, and when he spoke everything into existence, he spoke the entire timeline into existence from the beginning to end. We're just in this place in time because th- th- we're, we're confined by it, but, but God certainly isn't. That's how he can call out the end from the beginning and the begin from, you know, from the right, end and all right. that stuff. But like, how do you, you know, because there, I've heard Chuck Missler talk about the, you know, the experiment that the thought experiment that's in physics books about and interstellar displays this as well, where they go down to a planet, right. And they look for stuff and they're only down there for a little while, like a half hour or something. They go back up to the spaceship and it's been, I can't remember what it was like 16 years or something. The guy's been waiting up there. Yeah. Um, so there's some, some time dilation that happens. Um, but you know, when we start talking higher dimensions and, and different dimensionalities, it seems like, you know, when we start discussing, well, how old is the earth? How old is the universe? They're almost like obsolete sort right. of questions or, or topics to, to consider because 
maybe the universe seems like it's 15 billion years old from where we sit and looking backwards into space. But, you know, that could be just sort of an illusion from where we sit, you know, and time is yeah, different well, from. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we there's a lot of things to factor in with that because there's gravity, which affects time. And Interstellar talked about that. That's why, you know, time was so different because of the gravity. But we also have the expansion of the universe, which is I, I probably shouldn't talk too much about that because I'm working on a, 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 I'm working on something for my next book, uh, a Cosmic Creation, which is talk about, about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'll give I'll give a little I'll give a little bit. Um. And this this right now I gotta still fully research it out, so I could be totally way off base with this. Just like anything. I, yeah. Just like anything I say could be totally way off base. But all right. So we have um the expansion of the universe, which is basically every object in in space is moving away from every other object at an increasingly rapid pace. So faster and faster and faster. That just just because of the laws of entropy, that should be impossible, and that's why um, that, that that's why physicists are so confused by it, and they put labels on it like dark energy because they they don't have they don't know what's causing it. They say, well, it's a type of dark energy that's causing it. We don't know what it is. We'll just call it dark energy for now till we figure it out. Well, what I'm starting to think more and more, the more that I look into this, uh, because. All right, in physics, when 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 we look at uh, the timeline or the arrow of time, just based on the law of physics, there is nothing that says that something can't go the other way on uh, on the timeline. It just simply doesn't happen. But there's nothing that says that it can't. It's just you know it doesn't happen. But if something did, like year, years ago, in uh. I think around the mid '90s, there there was this uh, idea of a hypothetical um, particle called a tachyon. Right. That that uh, basically they were they were looking at photons and saying, okay, well that's the speed of light. That's basically the you know the speed limit. If you go any faster than that, you're going backwards in time because the fast the, the closer you go to the speed of light, the the slower time moves for you. And if you're at the speed of light, time stops, basically. So if you were to go faster than the speed of light, time would move, move backwards. So they, they theorized about this particle called a, a tachyon, which they, they, it was just a hypothetical thing, you know, and uh, it was never observed or anything like that. But they, they thought if, if, if a particle existed, let's call it a tachyon, that, that moved faster than a photon, it would actually be traveling back in time. And, and you know, there are a lot of uh, theories about that. And they originally thought that they wouldn't be able to observe it because it would be traveling backwards in time. But, you know, the more you think about that, if it's stationary or e even if it's moving you would still be able to observe it just fine because the only difference is that its entropy would be different. It would have reverse entropy. It would it would look like it's getting better and better or younger and younger. You know, uh, well that's what we see with the expansion of the universe. I, I I'm starting to think that the expansion of the universe is actually an event that happens in our future and is moving. It is so 
detrimental that it's moving backwards in time. And I, I, I think what that is, 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 yeah, I think what that is, is, uh, you know, when it's prophesied in the Bible, when there's time no more, when time basically ends, I yeah. think that act, when God, you know, God spoke time into existence, when he speaks again and, and time is finished and we're taken into eternity, which is a state outside of time, uh, that act is going to be so detrimental. There's there's nowhere else for for the effect of that cause. There's nowhere else for it to go but backwards through the timeline. So I, I think we're seeing that now. That's what the expansion of the universe is. It's actually a retraction going backwards in time back to the point of when God spoke everything into existence when everything, you know, exploded, basically. <laughs> right. So. It's a reverse retraction that I and that is like way outside. That's way outside of anything. I don't know if there is any. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any validation to that. It's just it's something that I'm thinking about right now. And yeah, I got to look more into it to see if that's even possible. I love it. But that 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 that's 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 kind of what I that that's the kind of stuff that's going to be you know in my next book. But you know, as with all my books, I. I I, I don't go out on a limb unless there's actual basis to do so. Right. I, I think I think that if that theory, you know, if if there's substantial enough evidence to show that that's what's going on, I, I think the reverse entropy thing is enough to show that something's going on backward in time. Because how else can you have negative entropy? You know that it, it's physically impossible, and that's what's happening with the expansion of the universe. It's going faster and faster and faster with no source of, of energy. Right. right. You know, so there's got to be some. There's something going on. I I think it is entropy. It's just going the other way on the arrow of time, and we're seeing since we're you know going the normal way, we're seeing it as uh, as an expansion. But really, it's an attra- uh, a retraction that's going slower and slower and slower. And the end point for that retraction will be at the beginning of time when God spoke everything into existence. So you know, it, it kind of fits. But it's know, like I'll, the universe I'll, is a big donut. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, being <laughs> being uh, uh, Christina, so much complicated science talk. And yeah. Then- it's like Christina, the universe is a big donut. Yeah, my well, my wife and I, uh, Chris, me, me and Christina, we were we were talking about it on the way home from Missouri, and we were on a we were on a highway, and she's like, "Well, it's kind of like this highway, you know, we're going this way, and the lanes next to us are going the other way." Right. And I, I I said, "Well, actually, it'd be more like if we were all in one lane, we were going this way, and we had cars flying at us on the same lanes. That's right, what right. that's more of what it would be like." But but yeah, I mean, it's a good. You know, thought exercise, I guess, to try to explain this thing. But yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like uh, I, I imagine if you're in a car, it's like if the ground is moving, right? Because the ground's not moving, you're moving over the ground, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going <laughs> with it. You write the book and you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you you figure out the analogy. You can you can use my you can uh, pretend like you got that analogy from me, even though you got it from your wife. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, you talk about a lot of other stuff too. As far as the cherubim, getting back to that, we kind of went yeah, off on the so whole. Back to your current book, <laughs> yeah. and not time traveling to your next book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, okay. We don't, so we don't need to interview you for the next one because we already did. Yeah. yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> time travel. Where we're going, we don't need roads. 
Oh, that was for the older people in the crowd. You know, that's coming up this year. That's this year in like it is. Yeah, it is 2015, year. August or October or something. October. Where are where are our flying cars? Yep, I, flying I don't cars. Yeah, you know what? Or something. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to flying cars and jetpacks and segways and stuff because I mean the DMV is just going to be a nightmare. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Everyone's going to need a pilot license. (laughs) You you have to go to cryogenesis uh, frozen stasis when you get to the DMV. They wake you up eight <laughs> months later when you're at the front of the line. By the way, yeah. if you want a rabbit trail for a moment, do you guys know about all the uh, 9-11 sort of symbolism that was in Back to the Future? Have you guys seen that before? I oh. have not seen that. Uh, there's a well, lot of stuff. Been- Part 2 was one of the interesting ones because do you remember when Marty McFly goes to his future house, right? And he's like in his house and his dad or I guess it's him, or I, don't, I can't remember. I think it's his, it's his dad, who's like an old man now, is like hanging upside down. Yeah. And he's, you know, for no reason, he's like hanging upside down or whatever. Well, do you remember there was like a window screen type deal where they can like flip through different like sceneries for the window? Right. Yeah. Well, one of them is the towers going up. You know, it's like old VCR type stuff, but the tower moves up. And you know, the perspective of the guy hanging upside down, Marty McFly's dad, is that the towers are going down. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there's a lot more stuff, but anyway, a little side Illuminati. Yep. They're, they're in our movies. <laughs> Gosh. Are they in your book? <laughs> they're they, everywhere, man. Are they they're in everywhere. any future books of yours? <laughs> are they the they time travelers? They have to actually. Okay. I'm thinking. Well, I, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about that one just yet. No, no okay. go, go, go ahead. Don't, don't you dare talk about that one. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, cher, cherubim, 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 chariots. So yeah, that's we, right. <laughs> cherubim. You got it. Boom. You got it. You got it, baby boy. <laughs> oh man, feisty, feisty. <laughs> Basil statement I've ever heard. Uh, you got a baby boy. I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but I say that a lot. Um, okay, so we got the extra dimensions. Where do we go from there? I don't know. It's your show. <laughs> is that is that the whole book? Uh, there's there's more dimensions. No, that's, that's not even really this book. That's that, that's more of my last book. Really. Yeah, that is your last book. Let's let's talk about this a little bit because. You found you mentioned it at the top a little bit, but let's dig into it a little more. You said that there's, you know, these sort of extra dimensional entities from all over the place in the ancient yeah. world. Uh, tell us about some of those. Well, I think the most interesting thing. I'm going to pull up my notes here because I think the most interesting thing, and and th- th- this has been hijacked from like the ancient astronaut proponents and stuff, but um, we get accounts of. Uh, encounters with extra dimensional beings and craft from ancient India. And, and, you know, a lot of people are probably familiar with like Vimanas and stuff like that. Right. Well, the ancient astronauts love to take that and say, well, these were UFOs. Yeah, they were aliens. They were UFOs. But when we really look at the descriptions, uh, excuse me, when we really look at the the descriptions that these eyewitnesses uh, described, I guess, uh, (laughs) <laughs> there's no way that these could be interplanetary craft. Like, mm. all right, first off, I, I have a bunch of quotes in my book. Let me let me find one of the uh, 
There, there's one in here that uh, I got to find it. I, I really should have been a little bit more prepared. Um, <laughs> you only had Talk two and a half hours. Stars. Yeah, for an yeah. hour and a half. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is a really good quote. It's from the Mahabharata, and uh, it, it describes the Vimanas in a way that you never hear on ancient astronauts or ancient aliens or anything like that because this screams extra-dimensional, not extraterrestrial. It says, um, Wondrous Alaka, city of the king of the Vakshas and Guyakas, lord of the nine treasures, one of the Lokpalas and masters of the earth, fairly swarms with Vimanas, which look like immense flying jewels cut like faceted discs, which wow. fly more quickly than light or time. So for for one thing, it says that they're discs. You know, we 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 already know what that is. But fly more quickly than light or time. If something's flying more quickly than light, it's already flying more quickly than time. You know, we already talked about that. If you're going faster than light, you're going backward in time. But the only way that that is possible if it's if it's extra dimensional, an extraterrestrial craft isn't going to be able to do that. It's impossible. Once you reach the speed the speed of light, you have infinite mass because the faster you go, you know, you increase your mass. You have infinite mass and infinite energy to even be able to do it. It's impossible to go... That's already impossible, but to go faster than that, it's, it's just not going to happen. This this is describing an extra-dimensional craft. And the Mahabharata, and especially the uh, Bhagavata Purana, is full of descriptions like this of these Vimanas, but shows like ancient astronauts and things like that will take those and say, well, these are UFOs or, you know, they're... Um, Aliens. aliens from another planet yeah it's impossible it's physically impossible it's okay it's like uh occam's razor you know whatever the simplest uh conclusion is usually the right one right it is so much easier and actually possible to to say that these are from a higher dimension where th this stuff would be no problem at all than to say that they're from another planet, which you have to break like every laws of physics for that to even be right. And it's like this. It's like, you know, if they're like we talked about the flatland thing. Right. If there is a two dimensional world, you know, flatland, uh, how me as a three dimensional being, how could I be in two places at once? Well, it's really easy. I just stick two fingers in flatland. No technology whatsoever. So when we see UFOs that phase in and out of existence they're in two places at once a lot you know we, we see those reports a lot yeah and then you got these guys saying well they're from another planet like in our dimension and they're just able to do that because they're so technologically advanced well what's what's the simpler reason you know are they just sticking two fingers in our world you know that that's that that's more of the stance i take you know the two fingers thing is a metaphor it's you know a craft but right. you know that that's the stance i take because it's <laughs> ufos it's a, are <laughs> they are not fingers they, they are not fingers but people better not quote me on that <laughs> josh peck says that UFOs are fingers of angels. <laughs> <laughs> My career is ruined. <laughs> you heard it here. The beginning of the end. Yeah, it's just downhill. But no, I mean, like, I, I mean, they're actual craft. It's, it's, you know, mechanics and there's even biology and everything. But it's... um. It's from another dimension where it would take little to no technology to be able to do stuff like that. It's just a, it's just a slice of 
Uh, it's a three-dimensional slice of a larger object. Right. Just like if I were to stick my finger in Flatland, they would see a circle. You know, they they would see one slice of to them an extra-dimensional object, which you know would be me. Right. So I and I I think this whole extra-dimensional hypothesis can explain a lot of things like quantum entanglement. I don't know if that's I'm I'm kind of hijacking your show. I, I don't know if that's something you want to get into. But. It's not our show. No, no. Our, our <laughs> listeners are more or less familiar with quantum entanglement. For those who are not, maybe perhaps the children, why don't you uh, sure. ex- just give a simple explanation? It's not a hard thing. No, it's it's not. Basically, it's uh, two particles that are entangled. You know, on a quantum level, they are somehow able to communicate with one another. Uh, at faster than light speeds it's it's actually at at an instant uh you yeah. could have one particle on one side of the universe and one particle on the other side of the universe it, that should take a lot of time you know for any kind of communication to travel but they're able to communicate like still at an instant there's no time that's supposed to be physically impossible such as if if one is spinning uh one direction and the other one is spinning the same direction, and then you switch the spin of the other particle, and instantaneously yes. the other particle spins in the same direction. Absolutely, and there and it's go. it's at a complete it's at an instant. And they've done tests of this to show that there is no time in between. It's just it's instant. So there's yeah. something else going on. The only way that that is you know and so quantum entanglement's like a big mystery, right? Because they're trying to figure out how how can how can information like that travel at faster than light speeds? Even when we're talking about photons that exist at the speed of light, it's still even faster than that. Yet right. it, it's, it doesn't have the whole backward in time kind of thing. You know, there's, there's none of that. How is that even possible? So what I think, and this, this is another, <laughs> man, I'm talking about my next book more than I'm talking about my current book, but this, this is a, this is a well, the Excellent. quantum entanglement. Yeah. The quantum entanglement thing. I, I did talk a lot about in, uh, my book, Quantum Creation. Um, and I'm going to revisit that because I have some new ideas about it that I still have to check out and everything. You know, I, I try to be really careful about that kind of stuff. Um, but what I think is happening, the only way that I, and I'm not a scientist or anything like that, so I might just be just some guy trying to figure this stuff out. But the only way that I can reconcile something like that is if it's it might be possible what we're seeing, all these particles, they, they could be just a three-dimensional slice of a larger object. So let's say there's like a hyperphoton out there, you know, in, in, in hyperspace, higher dimensional space. And the sections that we're seeing are all the photons in existence. Because they, they say that photons in particular can communicate with every other photon somehow. Maybe, maybe... Every photon is just a, a, a quantum slice of a larger hyper quant or, or a hyper uh, photon or something. Right. So it's all it's all one object. That way, that that could explain how they're able to communicate so fast. Just like how I can uh, I can snap both fingers at the, you know uh, with both my hands I can snap my fingers at the same time you know with both hands. I, I don't talented. need any. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Years of practice. You but, can chew gum at the same time. Hey, hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to show you. But, uh, <laughs> but no. Like I, I'm able to do that, and it doesn't. You know, my right hand doesn't have to have time to communicate with my left hand because they're both 
pieces of a larger object of my body. So right. I'm thinking it's possible that photons might be the same the same way. So when God said, you know, let there be light, who knows what he created? It might not just be single photons one at a time. They might all be a part of a larger object, a, mm -hmm. a hyper photon, you know, for lack of better words. That's the only way I can figure how those, the, how photons are able to communicate so fast w without any, any time dilation at all. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it, it's, it's interesting that bringing it back to the Vimanas with that, because you know, you cite a, a quote here that says, I saw divas fly down to the earth in their mystic Vimanas, which are swifter than light. I mean, that's like, there it is, you know? Yeah, they're, like, ex they're, they're extra dimensional. Did you quote that's, that earlier? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, no, you, 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 you quoted another one that I have in the book. Okay, but, good. Because I, I thought yeah. you already said that, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, it, it says essentially the same thing. I, I quoted a lot of stuff like that to really show, you know, what I'm trying to say in the book. But, right. But, yeah, I, the, the only way that that's possible because it doesn't say they go backward in time or anything like that. It's just that right. they move swifter into their extra dimensional craft. That's the only way that something like that's possible. Now, let me ask you this, because I know some of our listeners are probably wondering. So these Vimanas that are obviously a higher dimensional craft that speak into the, you know, interdimensional reality or, you know, nature of these vehicles and these entities. Do you think specifically with these Vimanas that the, you know, the Bhagva, Bhag, gosh, Bhagavata Purana cited and stuff like that, do you think that they are like God's angels or do you think they're fallen oh. angels? What do you think is going I, on? I, I think they're fallen angels because when you read, when you read through that stuff, they, they have a whole different gospel than what we have. And we know, you know, from like for, uh, first, second John and all that, what, what it says about that. Uh, they, they don't preach Jesus at all. They, they don't, they don't preach Yahweh, nothing like that. They preach all these false gods. So they're definitely fallen angels. You know, the Bible tells us to test the spirits, uh, ba basically if it's not preaching Jesus or, you know, Yahweh or, you know, it, don't listen to it. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's a, it's a false God. So they, 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 they preach like Vishnu and all this stuff. Um, but so I, I believe that they, they are fallen angels, definitely po possibly demons. You know, I, I still believe that fallen de or, uh, fallen angels and demons are different entities. Right. Right. But, uh, I, I, I think that we're looking at fallen angels here and they're using these things to, I, I think this, I think way back then that was the inception of this alien gospel that we're dealing with now. I think that was the start of it. Because, you know, ancient aliens, I, I mean, they've been planning this stuff for thousands of years. Ancient alien, you know, the ancient astronaut community, they're, they're eating this stuff up. They're getting into all these other religions. But they're also taking things like the Book of Ezekiel and trying to make that uh, – extraterrestrial right. ufo yeah, yeah and it's just not it's so not that is the most extra dimensional craft you could ever there, there's no reports that is more extra dimensional than that with with as much evidence as it has like when when ezekiel was live they there's no way they even knew about extra dimensions let alone how to describe what it would look like when it when it comes into our own dimension but when you read the first chapter of the book of ezekiel that is an extra dimensional unfolding like without a doubt because there are things taking up the same space right there's no way he would have known to describe it that way <laughs> right but 
You know, I mean, they 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 want to say that it's extraterrestrial UFOs, and it's just not. <laughs> yeah, and it speaks into the whole theory of evolution being a you know an important piece of the the lie puzzle. But a um, yeah. couple things, I think Ezekiel is a great place to go next here because I really want to talk about that. But do you think that some of the, I guess the uh, the nature of the appearing of these fallen angels, the I guess the mechanics or the the higher dimensional physics, so to speak. Do you think that is similar to when God's angels appear? You know, like the good guys, if they yeah. come through the veil or whatever, and they appear uh, from higher dimensions, are they, for example, the you know, in the with the Vamanas, it talks about they look like discs and stuff like that. Do you think it's possible that even God's angels appear in that same sort of form? Yeah, we even we even have uh, descriptions of that in the book of Zechariah. Uh, we're not talking about the horses of Revelation. In, in Zechariah chapter six, we get a description of horses that are being carried inside chariots. They're not pulling the chariots. You know, a lot of artistic descriptions show these heavenly horses pulling like Romanesque, you know, kind of chariot. It's not like that at all. It says that they're actually inside of the chariots. Mm. Um yeah, and, and and these horses in Zechariah, these are God's good guys, you know. The, these are the horses that are supposed to bring peace to the earth. Now what what, what we have in Revelation chapter 6, coincidentally enough, it's chapter 6 verses 1 through 8, the same as Zechariah. But uh what what we have is an uh an antithesis of that. For everything God has, Satan has an evil and inferior duplicate so it's basically uh opposite but evil you know right so that's what we see in revelation we see an antithesis of god's heavenly chariots god's god's horses that's what the horse the horsemen of revelation are i i, I dedicate a whole chapter to that and um uh thankfully Sharon Gilbert was was gracious enough to provide an interview for um for for that part of the book because she just put out a book uh recently about the fourth horseman and Ebola and all that. So we get into that in Cherubim Chariots too. And she she is just brilliant. I mean I I'm glad that she was uh had the time to be able to provide that because she she said so much I wouldn't have been able to. Um so a quick plug for her book. Yes. <laughs> Shout out Sharon Gilbert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love the Gilberts, and we've actually we're trying to get him on again. They've been on before, but we're we're planning some of that as well. But yeah, no, that's good. I, I'm I'm glad to hear some of what you said there because, um, and you know this, Josh, but I have a little theory of my own that sort of love it is going to be included in the book. I'm not going to spill it right now. <laughs> oh come on! I've spilled so much. Come on, space robots. I'm talking about going backwards in time and reverse entropy, <laughs> and I talk about all this weird stuff that I haven't even fully thought out yet. Talk up! Come on! Come on! Come all on, right! God. All right! All right! You, you've you've told me this theory. I think that there's enough. I think there's enough ground that you can mention it and just say, you know, that here here's an idea. This might be something. You know, okay. If you pref- uh, well, if you preface it like that, all right, yeah, go all right. for it. Well, I need. I, I kind of need to. I need to pull up some notes, man. Um, let's see. Basically, when you look at the word chariots in looks, for example, Second Kings six seventeen. Is that what you were talking about before? No, this is different. This is when Elisha and the servant and they look up and they see horses and chariots of fire. Yeah, the word chariots is, and I can't, I can't pronounce this. There's no way. Uh, let's Rekheb. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh- Probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's strong 7393. But anyway, the word uh, rekeb, it, it means chariotry or chariot, but it also means millstone. And I don't think that's a mistake. Because if you look at 
a picture of a millstone. And if you know what a millstone is, millstone's basically like a what they use to uh the donut. Grind. Yeah, it's like a it's literally a disc. It's it's a giant disc shaped object. Yeah. And so when we talk about chariots of fire, we may be talking about God's angels being in these vehicles, so to speak, that appear in what appear to be, you know, millstone of fire, discs of fire. And yeah. uh, and then there's another place and I think it's in Psalms, again, I don't know, my notes in front of me where literally God's chariots are described. Let's see, I'm going to try to find it. Uh, but basically, the description is that there are literally 20,000 yeah. of God's chariots uh-huh. right there with, alongside with him. And it's the same word, chariots, that can be translated millstone, which, again, you look at a millstone, and it's a disc-shaped object. And um, it just made me wonder, like, well, wait a minute. If we're talking about a disc-shaped object, it's possible that not all of the sort of you know ufos that people see and stuff like that are necessarily evil i'm, I'm you know I, th- I would say the majority yeah. are probably fallen angels um and de- deceiving spirits and stuff like that but it's possible we have to leave that possibility open that some of them may be actually god's angels that are appearing so you know sure. it just changed my trajectory on some of that stuff too because you know it's it's easy to just say they're all fallen angels but i think we can maybe loosen that a little bit to say well yeah, maybe some of them are God's angels too, and uh, we just can't know for sure. But yeah, I be- I, be- I believe that too, and you know, and you know, that's not to say that like the abductees, like there, there's not like a, a, a supposed alien race that I think are God's angels, because I think any right, right, you know, any any of God's angels are gonna they're gonna speak well of jesus but all right. the abductees report that none of them do so even you know even the uh the uh the human looking ones you know the the really angelic looking ones they 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 still promulgate something totally against jesus but i i do i do think yeah 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 but i i do believe that not every ufo sighting necessarily has to be demonic and and you know a great uh, a great example gary stearman has uh an account with a ufo and that right. to me does not sound demonic at all right right yeah no i remember that and actually i was there when he unveiled that story um wow. which was really interesting it was it was really cool uh but uh yeah you know that's that's definitely possible and then also you know they i'm starting to find that they probably fall into several different categories i think there are man-made crafts up there yeah i'm starting to think that Things like Project Bluebeam can sort of create holograms of objects yeah. that look like UFOs. Um, and then again, you know, the actual interdimensional entities both ways, you know, fallen and uh, of God. But, you know, it's interesting. I think the more we dig in, it just seems like things get more complicated. But I think it's important to sort of parse that out because, you know, when, if and when there's a sort of a great deception type deal, it really is the message that's behind it that's going to be important, you know. Um, I think there's a reason why we're t- told to test the spirits and stuff. And another one that's interesting, I thought, is um, in uh, Revelation 18, during the judgment of Babylon, it says that the mighty angel took up a stone uh, like a great millstone and cast it into the sea. And, you know, that's when Babylon, uh, Babylon, the great city Babylon, was thrown down and shall be found no more. So it's interesting. Maybe there's, you know, a fallen angel craft up there. I know, yeah. I know it says like, but you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just having fun with it. There's well, a yeah, mothership, I mean, it, it, you know, that yeah. that's interdimensional or whatever. And that's great angel. Just, you know, you're done. 
Well, you're not saying that it is a millstone. You know, if there is a craft like that, it would be like a millstone. It wouldn't be a millstone. Right, right. So, yeah. so that, that's totally and, – and also, um, there's, there's further – Evi- you know, biblical evidence to support that when we look at Zechariah and the ephah. Yeah. Now, yep. like a lot, a lot of people will say, like you know, the scroll thing might have been a UFO. I, I don't see that at all. I think the scroll was actually a scroll. I, I think the the scroll in um in the book of Zechariah was actually the same scroll as in Revelation, uh, and I get a, I get into that in the book. But I I don't think that was like a UFO kind of craft at all. I think that was just uh, you know the scroll, but uh, the EFA I do believe uh, actually was a, a, a type of UFO craft of, of some kind, or or at least at least showing Zechariah what this end time deception would be, because it says that two stork women, who I believe are the antithesis of the two witnesses of, of God, hmm. these two stork women take this EFA up that that. You know, a, a, a woman called wickedness lives in this thing. When you look at the picture of what an ephah actually looks like, it, it's it, it looks like a flying saucer. It has yeah. that same basic shape, and they they take this thing and bury it in the plains of Shinar, and that is where uh, the first deception. You know, way back in the times of Nimrod. That that was where that happened. They tried to call down the fallen angels, and you know they basically messed everything up. They were trying to go outside of God. Well, that's the same thing that we're. Well, not we, but you know, as human humans, that that's that's what we're doing now. I mean, more people look to uh, more and more as time goes on are looking to the aliens to help us instead of God, and uh, I, I believe that that's going to be the end time deception. Right? Do you talk about Joel uh, chapter two around verse five? Because you know the Joel's army, they're they're seeing you know the. Uh, verse five says, "Like the noise of chariots," and it talks about how yeah. they're jumping from the tops of the <laughs> mountains. Leaping from yeah. mountaintops, you know, <laughs> and then their <laughs> noise of flames of fire devoureth the stubble. You know, it's like it sounds pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what else is that going to be? And, and you know, I think it's so funny that well, it's not really funny. It's just it's, it's hysterical. Re- it's it's it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous how you have these people with this whole Joel two army thing, and like they're like, oh, we are Joel's army, and hop oh, around in church gosh. like locusts, and. Are you kidding me? Those are the bad guys. What <laughs> you have no discernment. Just because one angel told some I, I forget his name, uh but, but, but told told some guy, you know, you're you're part of the Joel II army. That guy, that that supposed prophet didn't never tested the angel at all and, and no, nothing, just took its word for it. And the Bible tells us that Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. Right. So what we're just supposed to take their word for it, even as ridiculous as we're Rick that, that equi- Yeah, that oh yeah, that's his Morning name. Star Thank Ministries, you. yeah. Yeah, Rick Joyner, that's his name. I, I, ridiculous. Like, have you no discernment? Like, you know that's in Revelation, right? Those locusts, they're the bad guys. You don't want to be We those. are the locusts. Apollyon's their leader, not Jesus Christ. That's You don't want to be in that camp. But, yeah, I, that's just kind of a little side tangent thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know Derek Gilbert's really all over that, too. He's, he's the one he's that really awesome. brought that I, to, I, uh, to light. Yeah, I, I I love that guy to death. Derek Derek's awesome. Yeah. Um. Let's get into uh, Basil. You still there? You good? I'm here. I was just looking up that Joel's Joel two army thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's uh, uh, it's pretty. I don't want to be in that army. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let all who live in the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close <laughs> at hand. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and blackness. 
Yeah. Sounds scary. Like, oh, I, I want to <laughs> hang out with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Let's talk about Ezekiel, though, because there's some weird stuff that goes on in Ezekiel that, uh, you know, one of the first, and this is sort of uh, another another thing that, that was interesting to me was um, one of the early on, like when I was first saved, I had a really, really vivid dream of this, like, really, uh, what's the word? I guess you can say, I don't want to say glorious. That might be too strong of a word. Like just a really like shiny, let's say shiny, a shiny old man with a really big beard. And just, he was very shiny. He gave me two scriptures in a dream and I was like, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't know anything about the Bible. It was just, you know, early on. And the two verses that he gave me were Ezekiel two, nine and Ezekiel nine, two. And I mean, you guys can look it up, but it was, it has, they both have something to do with like, writing which is kind of weird because i can't write a book but it was an interesting thing and then when i started reading ezekiel that was one of the first things i ran into was like this whole vision that he has uh right at the beginning you know and it's like whoa what is going on so josh what the heck is going on with ezekiel's vision i could easily take up the rest of this show just talking about this because it's such a in-depth and interesting topic but before i do I want to say, Gans, you can write a book. You, you're you're an amazing researcher, and I'm not just saying this. I you know I, I don't do that, you know, because it doesn't help you if I'm not honest. Uh, I I okay, like not. I, I hope this. I really hope this doesn't come out as condescending because it's not meant to. But, you know, like you know, my 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 first book was Disclosure, right? And and that was my first book that I ever did, and it it, it had some problems. And luckily, you know, I was able to clean them up, and it's good now. Anybody that wants to buy Disclosure, go for it. You'll get a lot out of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you can go to CanaryCryRadio.com, make a donation at any you amount. You know what's funny too? That- did, did we? A while ago, talk about doing something like that. You know that? what's funny? I still have a box of your books, and it was like yeah. the early edition, and and you don't want that to be out there, I guess. But you know, we've got well, them. As, as long as well, it's just because the salvation thing. Because, but as long as long as uh, <laughs> it's just the most important thing of the whole. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just the most important thing <laughs> in anybody's lives. That's that's all it is. But, <laughs> and afterlife and eternity. Yeah, and eternity and but yeah, no, I I had uh uh when I did the conference, I had that that copy, you know, and I I put um. I put a slip of paper in each one saying, well, here, here's the basic thing, you know, it, the whole salvation thing. I, well, I didn't really word it right. And I, well, I, I basically, I, I explained it. And then, it, then it, the rest of the book's fine. That, that, that's it. So if, uh, I, I don't know if you have a copy of that or I could even send you one. As long as you put that in each book, just, you can get rid of them and give them out for free or do whatever, you know, they, because I, I I think that's the only thing that I think would really trip anybody up. But but anyway, getting getting back to the thing, like well that that was uh that was the first time I ever wrote a book, and I had a lot of you know good research. I just didn't really know how to put it all together and word everything right. And um, because of that, I had a lot of problems, mainly like the salvation thing. Like a lot of people misunderstood what I was saying and thought that I was preaching work salvation, which I'm totally not at all. Like I'm right. a once saved, always saved kind of guy, you know. But uh, I, I worded it weird because I, I was talking about a version of the once saved, always saved doctrine that says, uh, you know, all, all you have to do is is just say the prayer and you don't even have to believe it, and then you're right. fine. 
that's what I was trying to speak out against. But when, every time I said once saved, always saved, I didn't like specify early that I'm talking about this version of it. So people thought I was just talking about the whole doctrine, the whole once saved, always saved thing. And uh, they thought I was preaching work salvation. So, I mean, it was totally my fault. I made, you know, I just, it was my first book and I made a huge mistake there. Luckily, so it's cleaned up. If you want to get this misprint copy, <laughs> <laughs> limited edition, limited edition, <laughs> rare find. We have a box of them in Kansas Garage. Yeah, and you can use it to put me right in there with Rob Bell and all. <laughs> get on Oprah. Yeah, you get you a TV show, man. Yeah, totally. But uh, but anyway, so point being, I I, I read through the first draft of, of your book, Gods, oh, and you did gonna, not it's gonna, have. It's going to change. It's a lot different already. But go ahead. Well, I, what I was going to say is. There wasn't anything even like that. So for being your first book, and, and yeah, you know, there, there are, there are things. I, well, Doug Woodward's already talked to you about all that, I'm sure. Uh, he, he did, he did a little bit. Uh, he, yeah. he basically, <laughs> just to be transparent, he's like, basically, the first, you know, first chapter or two is great. And then what are you talking about afterwards? <laughs> Nothing to do with what you talked about. I'm like, uh, it does, but. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Well, and yeah, and all that is is just an ordering thing. It's you know? an ordering it, it, thing, but also he was kind of saying, based on the level of insight that you, that I was bringing in the first few chapters, my audience was established. And then he was saying, when you start getting into the, the stuff you got into afterwards, it's like you're going back to some basic level stuff that the the audience probably already knows. Yeah. So that that's that's kind of what he was saying, you know. He, and and that that was the same exact thing that he told me about disclosure, and he was absolutely right. And uh, but but yeah, I mean, you you handled yours way better than I handled because d- disclosure, I got into like real basic stuff, like what hell is and stuff, you know. <laughs> what is but hell, I, Josh? Well, oh man, well I I, <laughs> I actually because th- thanks to uh, thanks to Michael Lake, a- amazing researcher and author, I I have some new ideas about that that that. Well, Uh-oh. it's nothing like too contrary to tradition or anything. It just has to do with the the zeroth dimension thing that I talked about in quantum creation. That possibly hell has something to do with that. But he he, he gave me a, a a really good idea about that. I, ho- hopefully, if I can get it together enough, I'll write a blog about it someday. <laughs> but but back to my original point. It, uh, yeah. Um, that that really was like the only stuff. Your 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 book. I I I love it. I the research in there is amazing. And um, but uh, I, man, I already forgot my own. Po- you you uh, man. What was, <laughs> what was I trying to? Uh, see, I, I I babbled too long. I I just I just talked nonsense for too long. Basically, You're talking it's about a, it's how a, he can write a book. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good book. You, you know, you got a, just a couple little ordering. Th- you know, not not anything real major. You just got a couple things, but it's a it's a good book. Uh, it's it's far. I I think it's far better than even Disclosure is now the updated and expanded version. I I think it's even better than that. So, you know, don't don't even worry about that. It's your first book, man. You're you're gonna make mistakes, but you're learning from them. So that that's that's good. It's gonna suck. What was where? I'm just oh, <laughs> shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> 
Jesus, <laughs> like 20 minutes. <laughs> Jesus, just, just take just the compliment. trying to get you to say more nice things about him. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm, I'm done. So cool, passive, passive aggressive. You can do anything <laughs> you want. You know, you know what? You're right. You're right, Gons. It sucks. It's just, it's awful. <laughs> I could do so much better. <laughs> I'm kidding, of Did course. Did we what? mention Josh has written 10 books, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come oh on, man. Gosh. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, pre- I appreciate your, your encouragement. It, it does make a difference. It really does. Because I, I know I gave that out to a few people, and, and I hadn't heard too much feedback on it. So I was already like, kind of like, all right. People were just kind of like, yeah, he's trying to be an author or, you know, so. Well, you should, you should. I mean, it's, it's, you got a lot of good information in there. I think it's, it's stuff that people will be able to get a lot out of. It, it should be. I mean, it, it's something that, you know, the way you have it formatted, it can't be just like an episode of Canary Cry or it can't just be a blog. It's got to be a book. I know. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's got to be. So go for I mean, it. Man. like all I, my books, Scott. So right here, we had a little technical difficulty. But we were able to get back online and continue the conversation. It took a little while to get back on track, but you guys can listen in on the banter and we'll get back on track and talk about Ezekiel shortly after. So here we go. Should I be nervous? I watch updates. Should, wait, stop. Should I be nervous? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Should I be nervous? To, it, totally, it totally <laughs> completely cut out like right after we talked about how the NSA was listening in. Yeah, that's did, did weird. You get, did you get that, Basil? Did you get the whole cutout just now? Not that I know of. Okay, because okay, maybe I'm the one that's bugged over here. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be scared by like surveillance. I want to be grossed out by it. That that's the reaction <laughs> I have. That like, disgusts me. Like, ew, gross. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Like, say the pre-trib thing is wrong, okay, and that we're actually going to have to face the Antichrist. I want to be the one that's grossed out by him. I don't want to be afraid of the guillotine. <laughs> I want to be grossed out by the Antichrist. Just his face. Yeah, just ew, grossed out by his face. Gross. Just <laughs> cut me head off and get me out of here. <laughs> I, I wanna- <laughs> Pass me the hand sanitizer. <laughs> Can't you wipe the blade off at least? I don't know what diseases those other people Yikes. have. I want to be that guy. I want to. I want to annoy the Antichrist <laughs> by being by being so grossed out and be like, oh, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. He's so uh, army of locusts. Bugs are gross. <laughs> I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be scared, and I don't want to be brave. I want to. I want to just... find like a biblical prophecy of that guy, just <laughs> hidden, yeah, hidden <laughs> deep somewhere in like Daniel or <laughs> Revelation. Just and then there was the guy who was really. <laughs> That's where you'll find Josh Peck in the Bible. And he's the first guy to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> first thing I realize is that the pre-trib rapture is wrong, and I'm already grossed out by that. And he vomited. Oh, it's not pre-trib gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just disgusted by his own theories of Bible prophecy. And this guy totally misread this whole text. And it's so disgusting. So grossed out that he died. Oh. 
Man, I I kind of hope that I'm wrong about the pre-trib thing just so I can be that guy because I totally will. Yeah. Why not? I'm going to die anyway and may as well like have a little fun with it. You might as well <laughs> die wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun dying right. You might as well die wrong. <laughs> Here's a perfect verse for that. Look at that. I just totally went to a random place and I found it. Daniel eight thirteen. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? <laughs> That's me. And then <laughs> you. And then it's just spelled out in Hebrew. Gross. Gross. This is taking forever. <laughs> you know, and that that's the rest of that that verse is the vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary, and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people. So it literally is talking about that. <laughs> it's perfect. When is it going to happen? <laughs> Gross. I thought it was pre, but now it's mid. What? I'm totally grossed out, and I want to puke in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is taking the kids to school in the morning, <laughs> and my no, AOL but- discs are out. <laughs> But seriously, guys, no, but seriously, the Antichrist is, like, totally gross. Oh, yeah, no. Well, yeah. Says right totally there. disgusting. His not scary, just gross, man. Just gross looking. Ew. He's got a double chin. He's got... <laughs> double chin Nephilim. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's got some MC problems. Gons, lasers in the jungle. Nice job. Oh... <laughs> uh. All right, uh, Basil, you were saying your book or something. I don't even know how. How am I going to edit this? Oh, my book. Yeah. Are we Are we recording? Yeah, we're back up. We're back up. It's the it's, book it's that I was writing. <laughs> so it's going to be like the book that you're writing, and then yeah. Josh like squirming about the Antichrist. Oh, Antichrist! Oh, get me I, out of here. Mm-hmm. We can just say that we cut out. Okay, I'll make it really things. dramatic too. You know, you know yeah. how I do. Oh, for the love of God, we cut out. Oh, man. That kind of thing. Yeah, that is where this is it. You're listening to it. Uh, our internet cut out, everybody. No, it was worse. Back. My Pro Tools crashed. Oh, Pro Tools crashed, and right. internet cut out. NSA guy. Yeah, NSA guy. A lot of stuff happened while you guys were gone. Um, Josh but, was scared of the Antichrist. Not scared. Grossed out. He was grossed out by out. the Antichrist. Oh, we found, a, we found the prophetic verse that talks about it. There's a lot that goes down behind right. the scenes. You know, maybe we should have, like, maybe this is how we make it, guys. You know, we uh, we just do a behind-the-scenes thing. You know, people behind the curtain, you know, canary cry, and right. people pay tear five the bucks. veil. It's called the veil. Yeah, tear the veil. There you go. And then, and then like, people pay, like, five bucks to listen to... Like the real stuff Just that we talk the about. nonsense that happens when Pro Tools <laughs> crashes. They, they, so they pay their hard-earned money, and then they get, Ew, Antichrist! <laughs> I want to be the guy grossed out by the Antichrist. <laughs> then we actually find a Bible scripture that describes Josh Peck in the Bible. 
<laughs> that's after I epic. say, after I say, wouldn't that be funny if there was a verse in Daniel or Revelation, and then God's just like, "Yep, here it is in Daniel, Daniel that, eight verse 13. That yep. proves that God has a sense has a sense of humor. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? I'm sick of this guy. Come on, hurry up. The pre-trib guy happy being wrong about it. (laughs) You're going to be the only one. Yeah, I was going to say the only pre-trib guy. This is going to be like so mad. It's my backup plan. You know, if the pre-trib thing doesn't work out, at least I can be the grossed out guy. The grossed out <laughs> mid-trip guy. You're like the pre-trib prep. prep yeah, exactly. Guy. Exa- we all should have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine. I'm going to be the grossed out guy. That's my backup plan. <laughs> at least I have one. What if there was just a Bible verse in Daniel for each one of us? Just and then there was a ridiculous man who <laughs> joked about payphones <laughs> and who, who wore a fake beard at a prophetic conference and made people mad. <laughs> Oh, there's if, me. If you can find the word ridiculous in the Bible, I'll be like super <laughs> impressed. If you find the words fake beard in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, I totally I wouldn't be grossed out at all by that. There are some there are some <laughs> translations uh, of ridiculous. Let's see, you got Jeremiah ten fifteen. Hold on. Which which version of it is it? Okay, the New Living Translation, you know, the New World Order translation? New World Order translation? I don't know. There's been a lot of people that have been bugging me about that, which is ridiculous. But is that real? Ridiculous. Get it? Um, uh, idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. <laughs> On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. All right. I'll tell you what. If you can find the words, totes gross. Oh, okay. That's totes. Totes gross. <laughs> The false idols, they're 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 the false idols, they're they're totes gross, man. <laughs> if you can find that, gotta go into some Bible mechanics stuff to <laughs> yeah. overlay some Hebrew letters to make it work. <laughs> yeah. There's a deep, deep callback for the Canary yeah, Cry that's, fans. That's an old school reference. <laughs> old school reference. Long time listeners. Oh um, man, poor Gons. I don't know how you're gonna cobble together an episode out of this. Out of this ridiculousness. We got a lot of great email list material. Yeah. You you have more of that than actual show. <laughs> I know. I've been online for three hours now, guys. We need to get a show in the can here. I gotta drive. Oh, oh it's I, in the can. Oh, it's yeah, the it's trash in the can. can. Get it? That. Get it? That. Okay. Well, that's my one for the day. All right, so let's call that an interlude. All right, it's an intermission (laughs) from where we were. Oh, before the Ezekiel. All right, let's get let's get into some um, some stuff with your book. Let's 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 finish. Where are you going? We need to know what the book is about. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Okay, Ezekiel. All right, intermission over. Okay. All right, so Ezekiel. All right, man. I don't even know where to start because this is such a heavy. Well, not heavy, really. Well, I guess it is heavy, but it's just long. But I guess that's okay. Well, I guess I I, I mentioned uh, dimensional unfold or extra dimensional unfolding. I guess I should explain more what that is. Uh, it, it, it's something that I really get into more in quantum creation, but 
you know, we really only need like a basic understanding to under you know, to get what Ezekiel saw. I, I actually I can quote uh I can quote Quantum Creation, that'll help kind of explain where we're going with this Ezekiel thing. Um Do all it. right. Here's a quote from Quantum Creation. In his book Hyperspace Quantum Creation, now available by Josh Peck. Dude, totally interrupted. Sorry. Now we're going to be off on this rabbit trail for like 20 minutes. I'm and trying to sell gonna, books, man. Yeah, Gods is going to hate his life. He's he's probably he's going to put a bullet in his head, man. It's going to be our Gons. fault. Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. Go, <laughs> all right. go, go. Okay, so, uh, yes, excerpt from Quantum Creation. This is from Chapter 3. All right, here we go. In his book, Hyperspace, A Scientific Odyssey Through Parallel Universes, Time Warps, and the Tenth Dimension, physicist Michio Kaku gives an example of a way to explain a three-dimensional object in two-dimensional understanding. He shows how you can unfold a cube into a two-dimensional shape, figure 10. You guys don't have the figure because this is audio only, but there's a figure in the book, so figure 10. Interestingly enough, this shape is that of a cross the idea is since a cube a cube is essentially six uh two-dimensional planes folded together in three-dimensional space you can unfold the cube to show what it would look like in two dimensions while this idea of unfolding does not result in quite as much information loss as a projection uh it is still not a perfect device since there is no perfect device if you wanted to explain a cube to flatlanders which are hypothetical beings consisting of only two spatial dimensions, this is one of the methods you could use. We can think of this in terms of three and, uh, three and four spatial dimensions. If we want to try and understand a hypercube, a cube of... Uh, a cube consisting of four spatial dimensions instead of three, we can, in a sense, unfold the hypercube into three spatial dimensions. The result is what is known as a tesseract, figure 11. Again, you don't have figure 11. It's uh, it's basically, it looks like a cross, but with two extra arms. All right, so just as a cube is made of six squares, a tesseract is made of eight cubes. Though this is not a perfect device to aid in visualizing a hypercube, it can at least translate a hypercube into dimensions we can perceive. What is interesting about a tesseract is that it would not unfold at one-dimensional hinges like a cube does. Um, well, that's not really too important. Let me let me skip ahead here for time's sake. Imagine what... Wait a minute. Well, that's not really too important either. We, we, we can actually skip the rest of that excerpt. So basically, the whole unfolding thing, it's it's just a way to... Uh, explain a higher dimensional object to a lower dimensional being. All right, so <clears throat> the whole tesseract thing, if you have a hypercube, a cube of four dimensions, you can unfold it into three dimensions, which would basically, like I said, be a cross with two extra arms. Now, if you unfolded that again, like if you tried to explain a hypercube to a two-dimensional being, if you had a double unfolding, once you unfolded the, the tesseract, you would have uh, areas that would take up more, uh, it, it, it would be like two uh, two squares taking up the same space. I think that's what we're looking at in Ezekiel's vision, because um, a lot, a lot of that, you know, they they basically like share a leg. You know, they're they're like meld. These cherubim are melded together. 
they're they're taking up the same space from Ezekiel's perspective. So I think we're looking at like a double unfolding. It, well, actually, it's probably even more than that because a double unfolding would just be from the fifth spatial dimension. I, I think it goes all the way up to the twelfth. Um, but in the very beginning of Ezekiel's vision, in verse 4, it says, Okay, it says, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself. And a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Uh, This actually comes from Jim Wilhelmson, a really good friend of mine. Um, We're talking about Ezekiel's vision here and this whirlwind thing, because that shows up in Elisha's uh, whole thing, too, in uh, 2 Kings. But he, he gave me an interesting theory about the whirlwind. He, he said how most people would picture it in their minds like something like a tornado or a hurricane or something when reading that passage. But then he suggested thinking of it in terms of an upside down or actually a tornado tipped on its side. Uh, and it would describe something looking more like a vortex or a wormhole. And actually, that it would look a lot like the Norway spiral uh, of 2009. So a biblical connection to that could be the description of Elijah, like I was saying before, in 2 Kings, uh, I think it's 2.11. But I I think that might be the same thing that we're looking at in terms of the whirlwind. I I, I think the whole whirlwind idea is actually an interdimensional doorway where um, extra-dimensional beings can come into our, our own. And since they would have this kind of unfolding effect between the higher dimensions, that would explain why later on in Ezekiel's vision it talks about how uh, a lot of their, their body parts of these, these four cherubim are melded together and why they have more than, you know, more than one head and all this stuff. Yet in Revelation, when John sees the, the, the cherubim in, uh, in heaven or in their natural habitat, they're all separate. You know, he, he's able to perceive them, you know, more clearly. So oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So that, that kind of goes into that. Um, where else do you want to go with that? I mean, I could get really deep into like the faces and I don't know if, how, <laughs> I don't know how much you really want to go into it. I mean, go a little bit. For, that's actually really fascinating. I, uh, you know, one of those times I probably should have read the book, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I even Quantum wrote creation a- available on joshpeck.com. Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Ministry.com. No. There is no, you'll, you'll probably get the Hollywood actor if you, if you type <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I wrote a blog a long time ago about uh about some of this stuff. So you you really have no excuse for not reading it. <laughs> I I read that blog post and actually you I skimmed, did you did and I you actually read, on. yeah I actually read through yeah. this chapter as well. But what, what about um it seems to be representing these animals right these four different animals. What do you think is going on there? Like because I remember. One of the first thoughts I had when I first read Ezekiel and, and I was, I talked about it earlier, but I was reading through it and I'm like, whoa, does God have like a, like a transhuman super, you know, right. melded Chimera together? Yeah. Well, remember like what I said earlier is that everything God has, Satan has an inferior and, you know, opposite evil duplicate. I think that's what transhumanism is. I, I, I think that's the antithesis of these cherubim things. Um, but, but actually, I think I think that they actually represent something. I I, I think it probably uh, has to do with uh, the constellations and, and and procession, you know, all all that. So that really goes more into Dave Flynn's uh, research. Right. I 
I, I kind of referenced it. I, di- I didn't in this book. I didn't want to get too much into the meaning of the faces because I actually agree with with what Dave Flynn wrote about that. Um, and it's already been written, so I didn't want it. But I, di- I did reference. I mean, all throughout this book, I referenced Dave Flynn's work. Well, well, Mark Flynn wrote the foreword, so <laughs> you know that that kind of shows where this this book is headed. But um, uh. Yeah, so it's you know really influenced by by that kind of stuff. But as far as the meaning of the face, but there is there is one thing that's interesting though. Um, with the the it says in there that there's a face. Let me let me try to find the exact quote because um, let me see here. Is it David Flynn's quote or is it part part of it? Well, it, it's a Bible quote, but uh, part part of this is David Flynn. Part of it is me. I think it's. I think you're talking about Ezekiel 41. I'm totally guessing. Getting Eight, there to 18 to, 18 yeah, to yeah. 19. 18 through 19. Yeah. yeah. Before I get there, I wanna I wanna uh, quote Ezekiel 1:10. It says, um, "Okay, th- this is where it actually describes the faces. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side." And they four also had the face of an eagle. All right, so we have two sides here, the right side and the left side, and then it just says the eagle, which, since it doesn't have a side, it must be in the middle. Well, it says that the face of the man and the face of the lion are on the right side. They're both on the right side. And I used to think that they were just side by side, you know. But then, uh, thanks to the research by David Flynn, I was brought to Ezekiel 41, 18 through 19, which, uh, you know, it talks about the future temple, all that stuff. And it says, and it was made with cherubims and palm trees so that a palm tree was between a cherub and a cherub, and every cherub had two faces, so that the face of a man was toward the palm tree on the one side and the face of a young lion toward the palm tree on the other side. It was made through all the house roundabout. I actually think that this face that we're looking at here is is bisected i think it's half lion half human which explains the cover of my book but uh i I don't think we're looking at two separate faces here i mean they're they're two melded into one but that also gets into the face uh the, the face on mars the the sidonia thing you know that that construct because um right uh that's david, david Finn's work yeah, he he talked a lot about the, about how like one side of it seems to appear more human and one side of it uh, appears like a lion. And, and uh, Richard Hoagland and you know other people even before Dave Flynn have, have been talking about that. So I, I think that's what we're looking at here in Ezekiel's vision too, when it says that the the lion and the man were on the right the right side. I think that is a cherub. I, th- I think that uh, at, at least some of the cherubim look like that. They they have half bisected right down the middle half of it is a lion and half of it is a human right and and david flynn pointed out some really interesting stuff in some of his writing too that talked about how because the face on mars is faced up he points out a couple different stone carvings from different parts of the world that have something similar where it's sort of a you know a a crouched animal sort of position but then the head is faced up um half human half lion and he theorizes that perhaps um you know there was an ancient post on mars where these cherubim were worshiping god you know which is really when i first read that i was like whoa that's that's way out there but you know when you when you really look at all of his research though it, it starts to make sense right yeah which is why it was crazy to to hear that and then you know go through his evidence 
and uh, go through the Bible, and you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> something there, you know, it's really bizarre. Yeah, I, it, you know, when when you when you see it for what it is, it's really all over. And uh, I mean, Ezekiel's vision is such a, a good example of that because if there's any part in the Bible where it's well, besides maybe Revelation, but we're, we don't know that yet because we're not there yet. But if there's any part in the Bible where it's like you read it once and you get an idea and then you read it again and you realize you were wrong and you read it again and you realize you were wrong, you know, just over and over and over again. It's, it's chapter one of Ezekiel. I mean, there, there's so much in there. Well, you know, a classic, uh, a classic description shows these, you know, four melded together angels and there's only, you know, like there's basically only four faces. But when we read it really closely, it says, uh, and I'll read it again, as for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and a a lion and, and an ox and an eagle. They four had four faces. So there's 16 in total. Yeah. You never see that. I mean, I, I looked all over. I mean, I, I didn't think I was the first one to like pick that up, but I, I looked all over trying to find some depiction of Ezekiel's uh, vision with 16 faces. And, and, and one of, you know, well, actually four of them being bisected. I couldn't find anything even close to that. So, you know, I, I, I did the best I could with what I had and, you know, tried to make like a bird's eye view of it in, uh, in, uh, ba- well, basically paint. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh but you know i mean it, it it's just it's so different than what tradition says but also you know tradition says that cherubim are fat little baby angels with arrows right, right, right yeah. you know i was gonna bring that up which was i mean you look at you know at least uh paintings and things from well let's call it hundreds of years ago yeah and they're little cupid babies chubby little chubsters yeah. And with <laughs> one face. Yep. Not and, threatening at all. And no animals. Yeah. Where do you think um that change may have happened culturally? I, I have no idea. Whoever came up with that definitely wasn't acting on you know, definitely wasn't getting any kind of biblical description. I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean that would be an interesting study to try to look back and see where the origin of that co- comes from. I've I, I, I'm going back into my memory bank and I could be completely way off here. So, um, but I think it has something to do, uh, with the time of Augustine around that right. time, because Augustine was really against like any kind of angelic yeah. thing, you know? And so he, I think he, he was the one that really poo pooed the whole fallen angel view of Genesis six and stuff like that. He was the one that really came up with the set that view. Or right. one of the one of the first people to really you yeah. know, speak out a, about that. So I get the feeling it was probably somewhere around that time where they were like, you know, create this mural of the cherubim, and it's like, oh, it's crazy, you know, multi faced thing. And they're like, no, it will be a baby, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, they basically they basically did just draw Cupid because I mean, yeah. Cupid is almost right, always right, right. portrayed as a chubby little boy with wings, and that's right. not even just on Valentine's cards. I mean, that's obviously back from the ancient dates. He always had these sort of in t- stereotypical angelic wings, right? Which yeah. uh, leads me to the question: What's up with the wings on these yeah. creatures? 
Well, they have four. They have two pair. One, one of them are, are upright and actually kind of connected to the arm. But, you know, the interesting thing is says that the wings are full of eyes. Really, really, the whole thing's full of eyes, but the wings are full of eyes. And then they have uh, another pair that are covering their body. And that, that seems to be their only purpose for that set of wings is just to cover their body. So, yeah, the whole the whole wing thing in modern culture is totally misrepresented. They, they don't use them to fly. You know, if, if anything, they're using using them to hold up the firmament that that uh, God's throne is on. But they're not flying with them or, you know, it doesn't say anything about their wings flapping or anything like that. Right, right. So I mean, even that, even they got that wrong. <laughs> well, and you even you will, with any angels in the Bible, it I don't think it ever talks about having wings, does it? It's it's always just a couple of dudes with shimmering robes for the most part. But yeah, when they're when they're like in their humanish form, yeah. But like the only time that we really find like the wing thing is in Ezekiel and uh, I think Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the real yeah. the real crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, like the really intense stuff that you'll never see on a Hallmark card. Because <laughs> right. it would scare everybody. Nobody's going to buy a card with that on there. Yeah. <laughs> was, wasn't there, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there something in, um, I think it might be Zachariah in that area where the two uh, female angels. The stork women. Stork yeah. women, yeah. Did, yeah, did they, they have they, wings? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, it says that they, they uh, you know, they had the appearance of storks you know they looked like right. i would imagine they i i think i actually think if I'm, I'm i'm just going totally by memory and i just wrote a book with a whole chapter on this so i should know but but it's 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 like almost four in the morning so i have an excuse but i think uh i, I think it actually does talk about them having stork wings and the stork you know that that's an unclean bird so already we're you know, in demonic territory almost, but, right. uh, and then they're female, which, you know, not to be like sexist or anything, but you, you know, male, you, you usually when you, well, really everywhere, when they talk about angels of God, they're male, you don't see any, the only mention of female angels is there in Zechariah and it's talking about the stork, those stork women and they're, they're not the good guys. That's right. nothing against women in general. We're talking about a whole different thing here you know this is right, a, right. angelic stuff um has nothing really to do with humanity but but yeah it, it, so it does it does talk about that that they had some kind of way i don't know if they just had one pair or if they might have had four they they actually might have been fallen cherubim uh mm. that, that that's kind of what i kind of what i take from it you know it's interesting yeah i mean we don't get a whole lot of information we just know that you know some angels fell basically that we we don't right. know about what class of angel or or uh if it was all one class or different classes i i think it was different classes i i, I think some cherubim fell i think some seraphim fell i think some ophanim fell which that's that's a whole section in the book that i talk about too about ezekiel's wheels and the ophanim right but um but but yeah, I, you know, it's just not specific. It's just tradition that tells us that it was, you know, just basically like the same kind of angel that fell. But the Bible doesn't say that, so there, there's nothing wrong with. I I think most likely different classes of angels, you know, at least part part of them fell. So. Yeah. And what about the? And you know, I was just thinking we had Doug Elwell on a couple episodes ago talking about Planet X and his sort of interpretation of a lot of these beings or angelic beings or, you know, it's, it's so different, <laughs> which is great about this show. But I asked him the same question, but I'll ask you, you know, the same question about the eyes that are on the wings and uh, I guess the whole body. 
what do you think that is? And do you think they're just little literal eyes or what do you think's going yeah. on there? I, I, I believe they're literal eyes. Um, a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of people that are into this ancient astronaut thing will try to say that, you know, the eyes are like windows or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my, my, Michael Heiser actually does a great job at explaining that, you know, basically saying there are Hebrew words for windows. If Ezekiel <laughs> wanted to explain windows, he could, and I, I quote, I, I actually put the Hebrew word for window in in my book to show there is actually a Hebrew word for window. Ezekiel could have just said that; it would have been so much easier. I believe, <laughs> I believe they are literal, literal eyes. Like I, I think they're, I, I think that's what they are because he, that's what he said. <laughs> you know, it's weird and it's different, but I mean the 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 Ophanim, the Ezekiel, the 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 wheel within a wheel. That's actually a class of angel. It has no human form. It's it's a wheel inside of a wheel. But there's a class of angel that looks like that, and they're full. Right. They have eyes all over them. Heaven is way weirder than what we're <laughs> <laughs> than what we're traditionally taught. We have these these weird things in there. But I mean, I think that I I think that's awesome. Like I can't wait to get there and see that stuff. That that's going to be amazing. I'm glad. First Corinthians six three says, "Do you not know that we will judge angels?" Yeah, you know, because that means we'll be higher than angels, and then uh, we won't have to deal with them. We'll be Maybe telling them where to go. Judge like really superficially. Like, <laughs> weird angel. Yeah, we're gonna be the you popular wheel. kids at school. Wheel within a wheel. You're weird, man. Ew. Ew. With you. The guy grossed out by the angels. <laughs> gosh. gosh. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it means. <laughs> you will judge them harshly, and you will give them wedgies. Gosh, swirlies! Oh, gosh. You will form clicks against them. I, I repent, Lord. You know, <laughs> good for you. You know, one of the the things that I thought was, and this is not—I'm not trying to knock on you—but I thought it was so awesome the first time, and you put this in the book. And it's basically the, uh, this is, I think it's chapter eight, the topographical spaceman. Oh, yeah. From Nazca. And I remember the first time you, you sent me a thing or something that said, like, hey, tell me if you think there's something there or do you think it's just <laughs> yeah. crazy? And like, I, I, you, you outlined this, uh, this alien looking thing. Did you use like MS Paint or something to do that? Or. <laughs> Because <laughs> we would be impressed if you were able to pull up MS Paint and uh... I used uh, yeah I used GIMP, which is like a free. It's basically like GIMP. a dumbed down, totally free version of uh, Photoshop. <laughs> but you can't like do anything with it. Or I thought like, you were gonna make... say totally dumbed down, free version of MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> it basically is. You it, know, it's... that is free and about as dumb as it gets. <laughs> But yeah, I used GIMP for that, <laughs> and I put those in the book, and the outlines are just awful. But Gosh, I mean, next time, next time, ask one of us to do it for you. Roswell <laughs> <laughs> literally would overlay. take four minutes <laughs> pretty awesome. to receive it, do it, and send it back to you. I, I, I should. I mean, like the outlines, I guess you know they're sufficient enough to show what I'm looking at. But yeah, they are terrible. Like, it, it, like if I. If I really took my time, if I had enough time to, I, I would have probably printed it out and tried to sketch something out and then, you know, re-scanned it or, you know, I would have done a whole thing, but. Or you I could just, have sent it to us and we would well, have spent four know. minutes on it. 
<laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing I could do. <laughs> well, now you know. He doesn't Can't, really get email yet, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still on AOL discs. All of his AOL discs ran out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the iTunes. <laughs> oh my God. He, he still says the iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what's but the- yeah, yeah. I remember I I, I wrote a blog about it, and because I wanted to, I kind of wanted, to, wanted test. to test it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, okay, if it, I'll put a blog out. If if there's if this is just too out there, I I know I'll hear it, and then I can just take it down, no problem. So I did that, and and actually, that's my second most popular blog post. The the first most popular is just the one about what the nephilim are. So of course, that's you know. That's going to be the most popular, but but besides that, the, the topographical spaceman thing was the first. And you know, interestingly enough, nobody, and I was really surprised by this, not a single person had anything to say about the ridiculous outlines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely thought it. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you should have said something. I think we're close enough friends now where you can tell me that. <laughs> now I'll be like, dude, let, Josh. Yeah, not let me publish it in a book that's featured on Skywatch TV. <laughs> Thanks, Gons. National TV. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Good friend. <laughs> Josh is going to look like a total idiot on TV. Let's well, tape I- it. Yeah, I'm going to anyway. It may as well be my we'll own just, fault. We'll, we'll put up a video of Josh doing Skywatch TV. He uses it as a and we'll just have the game. we'll just have an overlay or like a side, you know, picture in picture of the outlines of, <laughs> of all of his aliens from the, his topographical spaceman, and that'll just make we do the interview a, we do that a debunking, not necessarily of your theories, but just of your skills. <laughs> yeah, just of the outlines. <laughs> You know, you, you want to know something really ironic? Before I got into writing and before I got into all this stuff, I, this is ridiculous. I was going to school for graphic arts. No way. No. Not even joking. That was what I wanted to do. Was it Was it online? I, I went to online Pens- college. I went to Pensacola Christian College, which is anything but Christian. That oh my gosh, I could go on and on about that place. Talk about hypocritical. But I, I went there for one semester and immediately dropped out. You know the dean of that college listens to this podcast. Well, uh, yeah, I, I I know him, and he probably if he remembers me, he knows I'm not too fond of him. So. <laughs> Well, they when I when I went there, they actually had a really cool dean. Like I, I liked him, but but uh, after I left, they got they got the the assistant dean who I never cared for, and they got him. You know, he's the dean now, or I think I, at least up to like three years ago, he was the dean. I don't know if he still is now, but that that guy was the dean back then. I remember I, I saw him on TV, and I was like, oh my gosh! I, for one thing, I can't even believe they're televising this crap. But let alone like. I, I, Come on. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. No, so, you know, I just realized that your audience has no idea what we're talking about with the topographical spacemen. We're talking about these outlines and did not explain what I'm outlining. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, what are you outlining? Yeah, let's let's do a little bit of damage control. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to Now th- this is something that like I had, I had a lot of people look at because I didn't know if it was just like too out there or too crazy or, 
you know, I mean, it's it's pretty out there. But all right, so Dave, Dave Flynn had this uh, connection between Roswell and um, and Babylon or uh, Mount, Mount Hermon, Hermon. Excuse me. Yeah, Mount Hermon. And I remember like years ago, I saw this presentation by Rob Skiba, and uh, he was talking about the the Roswell Mount Hermon connection. I thought it was really interesting. And, and like for a moment, he briefly made mention about how in the topography of Mount Hermon, you could actually see like a goat head. And he described Azazel, you know, that the whole scapegoat thing, that that's a whole study that your listeners can do on their own, or they can just get my book and I go into it. But, um, um. but, uh, uh, but they, <laughs> you know, he, he, he talked, he talked about that. And I remember when I first, cause I, I watched that presentation, like, five or six times because I, I thought it was really fascinating and um well i noticed the more that i looked at that the more i saw something else like not just the goat head but like an actual humanoid figure with an elongated skull right in the topography and at first i didn't really think anything of it and i i, I didn't pay any attention to that for like a couple of years like i just didn't really think anything of it well then i i started uh all, all this ancient alien stuff started coming out about the nazca you know peru spaceman thing um there there's this man-made geoglyph where it has uh it's basically like a humanoid figure with an oddly shaped head and its right arm is raised and its left arm is is down at its side and uh so i started i, I that triggered the memory of that that humanoid figure in uh mount herman because in that figure the right arm was raised as well so i went back and i you know on, on Google Earth, and I, I give the coordinates to all this stuff in the book, so if people actually want to like check this out for themselves, they can. Uh, and I, on, on Google Earth, you can you can look at this thing, and I, I have a terrible outline, but it's it's good enough that you'll you'll see what I'm looking at. Uh, so I thought, okay, if this is a real thing, I, I do believe that there's a connection between. Uh, Roswell and Mount Hermon, because by this time I had looked at Dave Flynn's research and I was familiar with Rob Skiba's stuff on it too. And so I thought, okay, there's, if, if this is anything at all, there should be something in Roswell like that too. So I, I checked and right above Roswell, there's actually, it, it, it's, it's an oddly shaped head, but it's, it's different. It's not elongated. It's actually like bulbous, like a gray alien. And the same feature of the right arm being raised is there in Roswell, right in the topography. Interesting. So then, then I had to question, you know, because I, I try to maintain like a healthy amount of skepticism, you know. So I had to think, okay, maybe I'm just seeing this stuff. So I picked a couple other areas where I, I actually expected to see something. Uh, I looked in, um, I, I looked in Stevensville. Because uh, the Stevensville light thing, I looked there, nothing. Looked in Arizona and S Sedona, nothing. Uh, I even looked on uh, 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 the Google Mars thing and looked in Sidonia to see if I could find anything in the topography there. Absolutely nothing. Looked in the moon, nothing. So I, I couldn't find anything else anywhere. It's just these places. So by then I was thinking, okay, I'm not just seeing it everywhere. So then I sent it out to to a few people because this was when I was just putting the blog together. Gons, you were one of them. I, I sent it out to you, and I, I sent it out to a few other people. And I said, "Okay, am I like just am I just way out there, or is there actually something here?" And even uh, e even the more skeptical people that I sent it to said, "You know, it, that it looks like it to me. You know, it, it was one of those things that like once you see it, you can't unsee it." 
Um, you, you can look right at the topography. Like once you see my horrible outline, you can look at the topography and see it, you know, without it. So I, I get pictures in the book for all that. So I started to, you know, I asked myself, well, what does this mean? I, there's got to be some kind, if I'm going to write about it, there's got to be some kind of meaning to it. And uh, I, um, I remembered from that presentation, Rob talked a lot about the constellation Orion. And, and uh, interestingly enough, Orion also has his right arm raised. And so I looked into all that, and I, I think that there's a connection there. I think it's a prophecy uh now now whether this is like god doing this or the enemy doing this, i i don't know but i i think that there's a prophecy in there like right in the earth itself and and in the stars talking about the coming antichrist now i i don't i'm not fully convinced i i don't know if the coming antichrist is actually a resurrected nimrod or not uh or if it, you know orion or whatever i i have no idea about that but what i what i've talked about before is at the very least even if it's not that the antichrist is afflicted with the antichrist spirit that the bible talks a lot about um i think the right arm being raised thing is is in allegiance to the coming antichrist and gans brought up a, a really good point that i talked about in the book that you know when you think about hitler that was the hitler salute that was the nazi salute the right arm being raised and uh so i, t I talked a little bit about that in the book too but there's there's a whole lot more to this i i'm just i'm just like hitting like the main point so your, your listeners are probably thinking i'm like totally out of my mind but <laughs> I, I have a I, I actually have a lot of research on on this one thing you know in one chapter so there there's a lot more to, but that that's the basic you know that's the basics of it and uh yeah so there's that <laughs> I love that. I'm, I, I'm done so that's a thing that's a, that, thing. That's a thing that i talked about <laughs> yeah and i remember i remember you uh and i think i mentioned something about how it's got like well hitler for in general had a lot of ties to the occult and yeah you know his whole thing was about channeling spirits and his favorite book was helena blavatsky's uh the secret doctrine was bedside and stuff like that so definitely some weird connections there josh peck is the moon real or is it just a hologram oh you want to get into that <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But is that a threat? We can. We can. That sounded really threatening. No, I didn't mean to threaten. Oh, you. so you want to go down this road, do you, <laughs> punk? All right, bring it on. I, I this well, not not really in terms of the moon gods, because I'm going to leave that to you because I, I I think you got that locked down. I don't want to, you know. Actually, I don't. I don't. That's probably why I'm asking you. But you oh, brought you brought up a good point though. We talked yeah. about this. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm 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 glad you brought it up. I, in terms of the moon, I'm going to leave that to you. Um, I don't know much. I I don't know as much about like the holographic moon theory as you do, but it's it's definitely interesting, and I think there's something there. And there is, in my opinion, and again, I'm not a physicist or a scientist of any kind. I'm just you know a private researcher or whatever. But I I think that there's okay. So the basic theory is that like the moon is a hologram. You know, basically. Uh, yeah, well, I I wrote a blog a little while ago about how particle, and I I was kind of getting into the quantum entanglement thing, and I I touched on this earlier in the show when I talked about that, but basically how it's possible. Well, 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 we know that our physical reality is just a you know a piece or a shadow of a larger reality. You know, the Bible talks about that, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so we as Christians kind of just take that for a fact that you know there's there's heaven and then there's earth. But um, 
you know, it's it's possible that all of these particles, you know, even down to the quantum, not not even just atomic, but just down to the quantum scale, are just three dimensional sections of an extra dimensional object. Right. And what I mean, like by that, is imagine. Like the whole flatland thing, I, I I go back to that for like everything and trying to understand this because it's such a it's such a good tool to use. You know, try you know anything that we try to explain extra dimensionally. If if we think of it in terms of two dimension to three dimensional, it makes it way easier. So imagine if there's a uh, a flatlander, you know, a two dimensional being um, who is a physicist and he has his microscope or whatever and he's uh studying particles and and looking at how uh how they behave well what would he see he he would just see a section of what we know as particle you know he would see a two-dimensional slice of a three-dimensional particle so he would basically see like tiny circles and he would also see these circles as they as they move he would see them pop in and out of two-dimensional existence well what's interesting there are three-dimensional uh, uh, particles that pop. I mean, the whole atomic nucleus, all the, the protons and neutrons that are inside of a uh, of the nucleus of an atom, are right. constantly popping in and out of exist. They, they disappear and they reappear. I, I so as as much as the flatlander would see these particles behave that way, we're seeing the same thing. I I, I think that it's possible even on on a quantum level. That these particles are just three-dimensional slices of uh, an extra-dimensional particle, for lack of better words. Yeah. So if we scale that up, we we might be able to see things like stars and planets and even ourselves. I mean, the book of Ephesians talks about how we're already seated uh, in heaven with Jesus. Even ourselves, we, we could see everything as... And uh, just a slice of an extra-dimensional object that that would explain that that odd passage in Ephesians, how Jesus already sees us seated with Him. Right. Uh, how could that be possible? Well, we might just be a slice stuck in time of a uh, of a larger body, and that only comes with salvation, of course. But but setting aside the, <laughs> the theological aspect of it, uh, things like you know other planets and even our planet but uh the moon uh the sun they might they might just be three dimensional sections of higher dimensional objects um so how that fits in with the moon imagine if you imagine if you placed a cube on flatland you know they would see a square basically but now imagine if you took that cube and just raised it just like one plank length which is like an incredibly small amount it would be enough where the particles are still visible but there's less of them so you know there there it's like instead of the middle of the particle where they'd see the full circle of the particle they would see a smaller circle and they'd be more spaced apart to them it would look like it was there but kind of not there too you know it would right. look like a hologram right. Right. so what if something happened where the moon is just one plank length into the fourth spatial dimension it would it, it would have that same effect, and if it was moving back and forth, it would have that that wave or that ripple effect, like uh, Gans you you mentioned in uh, in yeah, your video yeah. about how yeah the other guy, uh, Crow Seven or something, he he uh, 
he, he recorded that wave. If it was moving back and forth, even just one plank length between uh, the fourth spatial and our three dimensions of space, that could account for that easily. And it wouldn't require any, cr- I don't want to say crazy, because, you know, it still could be a hologram. <laughs> talking about crazy stuff. You know, I don't know, but, you know, it could be. I could be an Illuminati thing. I don't know, but but it, it doesn't even have to involve any of that. It could just be, it's just barely out of phase. Right, yeah. That, that's how, I mean, it could be solid at some times, so you could still, and, oh, and I wanted to bring this up, because I thought about this after we had our conversation. Uh, the, the the guy that mentioned that it's a, it's a hologram, that doesn't account for gravity, because the moon is still affecting the tides, but if it's barely phased in and out of the fourth dimension, gravitons, gravity traverses dimensions. Right. Uh, they, they've even mathematically shown that. that That's like one, like the only thing that can go between dimensions. So that could still, that, that could show how the moon could be like a type of hologram kind of thing, but still have the gravity to be able to affect the tides and do everything it's, you know, it, it, it's doing. So unless they uh, have giant machines to affect the tides. Yeah. Well, um, and I think yeah. that guy's point was that the hologram was more of like a, um, a, like a, a, fa- over. a facade. Yeah. Across yeah. the actual moon that would be there, but just hiding. Yeah. Uh, space New York. Well, yeah, he, he actually <laughs> yeah. changed his view of that. He 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 went kind of off, not the deep end per se, but he was he recently put out another thing that said like, "Here's my theory. You know, it's right. evolved now. The, I think the moon's a complete fake, and I think our whole solar system is created." And he right. quotes, "I love his quote. He quotes a uh, a Red Hot Chili Pepper song oh, from good. the from the CD Californication, where he yeah, says." Great. Space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. Yeah. And his whole point was kind of like, that's what's going on. They knew. (laughs) They knew. The (laughs) Illuminati knew. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think it's interesting that that you bring that up because I, and I have to do, and this is another topic I'm going to include in the book and I have to do a little more research and put it all together. But I'm starting to think that the part of the reason why there's been so much activity, so to speak, in terms of like, channeling and spirits and and weird things happening in the last century, especially, I think it has something to do with perhaps a lot of these nuclear tests, uh, you know, exploding stuff like high level explosions, atomic bombs and stuff. I think that that's got to affect multiple layers of dimension, right? Yeah. Maybe ripping little tears or something. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, even CERN is doing that. Well, I mean, they're shut down now, but is CERN, CERN, the the large Hadron Collider, that's its main function is ripping holes in dimensions. They're firing it up in um, about less than a week from where we're we're talking. It's coming out of hiatus here. Yeah. They're, they're doubling the, the energy and uh, boy, why are they doing that? I don't know. So get ready for a, ton of black holes in the sky uh norway spiral we're gonna get like a bakersfield spiral a springfield missouri spiral <laughs> gonna be all over the place coming to a town near you yeah Yay. and it's holes totally in the sky it's it's totally gross yeah well and <laughs> it's disgusting i'm not even scared i'm just grossed out like Ew. I was talking to, to somebody from Switzerland recently, and I'm like, oh, Switzerland, you know, CERN. He's like, yes. <laughs> that was a <laughs> terrible attempt. He's, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. No, okay. But he's, he basically <laughs> said, Minnesota. 
<laughs> he basically said that CERN is only like 30% in Switzerland and the rest is in France. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Yeah. So France actually gets, technically gets 70% of the credit for any discoveries. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there you go. Sorry, Switzerland. That's what you get for being neutral and having delicious chocolates. <laughs> Of course, the French take it too. They're like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into we'll, some trouble." We'll take your discoveries and we'll claim them as our own. I'm a terrible at accents. I think you're perfect at it. I knew that before I even tried the accent, and I still went. still went for it. You're yeah, perfect at it. Don't you dare let anybody else tell you any different. I know Gons can write books and I can do accents. You're that's such your, a great that's cheerleader, your, Josh. Yeah, that's your ministry, man. Is, you know, some, some people are a hand, some are a foot, and you're an accent. Some are a terrible, terrible accent. Yeah. <laughs> accent. <laughs> I got in big trouble for doing a southern accent. There's a, we have a big... Oh, by the way, speaking of southern accents, wait, does Texas count? Is that the south? I think that's about as south as you can get. <laughs> I don't know if it's technically the south. I don't know. Anyways, uh, shout out to our Texas listeners. We got a lot of Texas guys out there and, um, and ladies. And uh, we got a voicemail from one of them, and that was great. So I'm giving you a shout out right now. Boom. Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Is Jeez, that a thing? You're not, you're not even, you're, you're, you're even going to play the voicemail? <laughs> now you just now made my job to. like re- really hard. I, like, go. I know that was so the plan. Oh my god! Well, and I succeeded. I... You should be proud of me. <laughs> well, now, now I'm not going to do it, and then you're going to sound like a fool. Yeah, so That's you're fine. welcome, I, Texas. Josh I, Peck made it so we don't play your voicemail. So everybody, send angry emails to Josh Peck Celebrity at Drake and Josh. Dot com. Yeah, I already Dot sound. I already, I already sound like I, I already sound crazy, so I, I'm not worried about that. I, I'm talking about like aliens burned into the topography of the Earth, and right. Yeah, you're moon. insane. No, we all yeah, get aliens. It. Aliens doing zig hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just aliens, but aliens like doing no, I'm, not, I'm not worried about mentioning a voicemail that's not there. That's the least of my worries. <laughs> from this episode that's not what's going to keep me up tonight what's going to keep me up tonight is just doing this episode we have been doing this three and a half hours over three and a half hours this is ridiculous it's It's amazing it's in the bible (laughs) Uh, times time and half time holy moly if we keep going hi texas all right so we let's wrap this up boys that was <laughs> just a hush falls the crowd. <laughs> but he was so mad. I feel like even all the listeners, there's just like a, a quiet hush across the world as like, everybody. <laughs> They're ending Basil it. Rushing this? He's only been on the air for three and a half hours. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I'm not even mad. I'm just grossed out. No, they, there's a guy gonna, about to call us from a, a payphone to leave us a voicemail, and he's from <laughs> Texas. And he's like, "I'm not even. I'm not even gonna try to do a Texas accent because I don't want to. I don't want to get shot." 
I think getting shot is. I think I think getting <laughs> shot is ask. the guys. I think getting shot is. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's not even going to be funny now. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> no, say it. Say it. It'll be great. Say it. I I think you're going to interrupt me again. I know it. You're just you're waiting to do it. I think getting shot is the Texas accent. <laughs> That was good. That was good. Isn't you know, that isn't that what they do? I I don't know. I, I don't remember. know. I don't want to side with you because I'm a I'm scared. I'm from California. I totally understand that they have bigger trucks and they have guns and they have cows and all I have is beautiful sunshine and happiness. <laughs> well, I'm I'm from Michigan. We all ha- we have all that stuff except instead of cows, we have deer. Yeah, and you take your vacations in Minnesota. Or Missouri, yeah. ever. Yeah, Missouri, that's right. Amen. Anyways, I apologize <laughs> if I said any insulting things to Texas. Oh, me, me too. I, got, I, I, I oh, actually... Josh, want, don't I, even I, try. I have There's a lot of friends in Texas. <laughs> Rob Skiba is from Texas, and I've that's been... Like, no, it's okay. I can say <laughs> bad things about Texas. I Some of my best friends are Texans. That's <laughs> the racist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I wasn't saying I could say bad things about them. I was saying I love them because there's I have nothing, friends. There's nothing bad to say. You're about not going to let me dig myself out of this hole. No, I'm I'm we're fighting. We're fighting <laughs> each other to dig out of the same hole. We're kicking <laughs> each other back into it. I've already left. And I got out God's, of the hole. I'm starting to bury you hole. guys. Yeah, I'm, he was never like, in I'm it. I'm getting the shovel. I'm starting to cover the hole. Leave <laughs> <laughs> you guys in there. <laughs> you have so much good email content. <laughs> oh my gosh. God bless Texas. All right. Um yeah. let's see here. And you know, God bless everybody, but Texas, thank you for leaving us a voicemail. Um <laughs> That was what started this whole thing. I know, I was just trying to give props and then it turned into a disaster. Do you think whoever gave you that voicemail like honestly thought in a thousand years that that one choice to leave that one voicemail was going to lead to this it started a race war between California <laughs> and Texas it's a statist not racist I know but it's funny for that way is it <laughs> I don't know that it is you're just patting the dirt down on my grave right now thank you guns you just um, see it going down your lungs you're just patting it and you're just thinking about going solo great um <laughs> oh this is this is awesome this is gonna be Gons, do you need a new co-host everybody i think natalina's in line you know what's there's, funny there's a people, long line yeah what, what's up with that why 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 is basil's position always the one in jeopardy i don't think anybody thinks i'm gonna survive much longer <laughs> i think people figure you can probably do it by yourself but well, it was if it was like the Basil show, I think it would be a completely different show. It would not be bad, show. like not not like worse or anything. It's just different, you know. I've done episodes from a sewer. I oh no, that wasn't this show. This that was Johnny Irons' show. I've done episodes. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I've done episodes <laughs> from a boat. I've done episodes from uh, where else? From train, tracks. train tracks. I was on some train tracks yeah, one episode. A, you're a dedicated co-host. I've been all over the place. Um, and I'm busy saving the world. 
Uh, Man, I got I got nothing on that. The the weirdest thing I, I did I did a roller recently. I did a show from a hotel room. That's not that weird. And then wow. I did your I did your show and view from the bunker from bed recovering from hip oh, surgery. Oh, yeah, right. laying down. Yeah. What else did I do? I did one from. Well, I won't talk about that one. But yeah, I've been all I, over the place. You got to talk about it now. No, I can't. Well, you have to. I can't. Well, you just have to. I literally. Well you literally <laughs> I literally, my life would be in danger. You literally need to put your life in danger. And <laughs> my life is in danger way too much for this stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't affect me. No, it doesn't, except for <laughs> so it will affect you because when I'm dead, then you'll be one closer in line to uh, co-host with Gons. So oh, it would actually affect oh, you positively. Oh, darn. Except for you would just do the show from your bed all That's the time. Funny. I'm not seeing the consequence here. I'm just seeing a lot of benefits. I know. Maybe I should just do the show from my bed. What are you saying, Gons? I was just saying that last episode, I think we agreed that Josh would do his next appearance from the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So we're just oh, broken promises. You know what? The kids are in bed and like my wife's. I totally could have. My wife's at work. I totally could have did that. If I would have remembered, I probably would have just. For oh, and then knowing me, I would have electrocuted myself. You should have just said like, yeah, I've been in the bathtub this whole time. Yeah, I've been on the bathtub this whole time. There it is. With your payphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, man. This is what happens when we try to end an episode. Um, or start one. Or start, yeah, or, gosh, there's, there's we're almost four 30, hours into this. This is about 30% content, 7% yeah. just ridiculous nonsense. This that sounds about right. It's a 30-70 ratio of value. <laughs> Depending on how you define value, it may no, be 100% I think, valuable. I think we're leaving, we're just going to post the whole thing. It's a four-hour episode. Yeah, may as well at this point. Yeah, and it's it's the title of the episode is just, what? Sorry with Josh Peck. <laughs> I don't even think when people listen to this entire thing, this four hour monstrosity, I don't even think they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be grossed out and I'm going to be proud of them. I think they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be grossed out. <laughs> I. I need them. I need them to be grossed out. We're gonna do an audience survey. <laughs> grossed out or mad? Mad or grossed out? There's no good option. <laughs> it's one or the other. A good option would just be ridiculous. Nobody's yeah. gonna. Nobody but us three. Well, maybe just me and you, Basil. Nobody's gonna listen to this and think that it's good. <laughs> I think there's some people out there. I think there's some people who are like. Yeah, it was hilarious. And then they talked about some dimensional stuff, and I kind of had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and then they you joked know, about AOL in Texas some more. I think probably, I, I think probably uh, Gary Busey would think this entire thing was good. I'm pretty sure Gary Busey is on <laughs> Gary the air with us Busey right now. Reference. He better be. He's the most amazing man that ever lived. That is it. An exaggeration. That is an understatement, <laughs> sir. That is an exaggeration. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can vote gross, uh, mad. Or, or Gary Busey. Or Gary Busey's front <laughs> teeth. Just Gary Busey. It's, it's, it doesn't even have to make sense. It's just, oh, it's just Gary Busey. 
You know what's oh, going to happen? Boy. We're going to get people really mad or really stoked. It's or really never, Gary Busey. <laughs> it's, it's really, really never... There's never like a, oh, it was an all right episode. You know, those people don't say anything. There's been the some all right like episodes. Real, no, I know, but they don't, they won't comment, you know, and they won't be oh, like, right. yeah. hey, that was an okay episode. You know, they comment no, when it's what, like. What this isn't going to be is going to be an episode where we get an email where somebody's like, I've really been struggling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to that episode. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I mean, I mean, bathtub. I I gave it, my life to Jesus after listening to Josh. I really Basil talk about Gary Busey and being grossed out by the Antichrist. I can totally relate. <laughs> That's what we're not going to get, which is unfortunate. But, but what if you did? Wouldn't now that would be the most amazing person That's that true. ever lived. God works in mysterious ways. That would be the testimony of all testimonies. Testimony. Would be there. Are, that would have. That would have testimony to be pro- of Jesus Christ as the Spirit of Prophecy, episode eighty-seven. Can that would. Ha- it would have to be prophesied in the Bible that one guy was going to listen to this absolutely ridiculous thing and come to Jesus re- because of it. And, <laughs> and that, he's that, the that guy. <laughs> he's the guy prophesied in Daniel. So <laughs> when is this going to happen? <laughs> That's how powerful the testimony of Jesus is. <laughs> that it can even come through in this when we're like basically trying to wreck it. Yeah, we're really we're really doing a uh, you know a King David murdering a husband here. We're really doing a Moses. Getting drunk I feel thing. like we're in a UFO trying to <laughs> land it, but we can't. No, we're re- we, it's just three of us trying to drive a UFO, and Our me and ESP. Josh. Me and Josh are arguing over like gravity nodes and Gons is over there just like trying to figure out how to work the teleporter and uh we're just zigzagging all over the Argentinian sky with the news reporters. Trying to locate Gary Busey trying to make some sense. We're just drawing we're drawing Gary Busey's face in the sky with our gear. <laughs> Or, or, one, one, with one eye ridiculously higher than the other, you know what he looks like. Yeah, doing a Heil Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> oh lord, Jeez. we Jesus, uh, help us. <laughs> Josh is loving this because he doesn't have to deal with you know analytics and uh, <laughs> download count and editing, editing and emails and oh lord. nope, that's all you. It's all you guys. This is just as big. This is a this is a black flag. Is what this is. <laughs> this is a black flag operation. Red flag. What color is the flag? Black flag. It's a pirate. This is a pirate episode. What? Um, it's late. I have no idea I'm, what, what you're talking. What do you? Yeah. What are you talking flag. about? False flag. False flag. Black flag. I kind of thought you were black talking flag. about Black okay, flag. Black yeah. flag is a band that Henry Rollins was head of. Do you guys know I, who Henry Rollins is? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, Josh knows what I'm talking about. I got that because he said, yeah. <laughs> and that's how conversation works. <laughs> that's how conversation works. <laughs> I'm laughing on the inside. I apologize to everybody but Gons. This is <laughs> this is the episode I've been dreaming about my whole life. 
Do you know how long it's going to take me to edit this? Here, just go through this six-hour audio. Here you go, Gons. We we had a blast. Have just fun don't. working. It'll be great. Just put the whole thing up. You you've never had an episode this long. I know I know enough about Canary Cry to know that. There's somebody working right now in an office somewhere. He's his his name is Dan. Somebody named Dan is working. What if Dan right now is working and he heard me call his name and he's freaking out right now? Dan working in an office is loving this episode. He <laughs> better be because if I find out any different and that is the end of my threat. <laughs> We're going to get an email from Dan. I really did not enjoy that. I, I did not care for that. It's just all the email reads. And more than that, he's in Texas. Dan from Texas. Yeah, to just throw more fuel on the fire. Dan from Texas. We get a voicemail. And it's just, hey guys, I did not care from that. <laughs> care from. You can't even Gosh, speak straight anymore. So late right now. Okay, well, anything else to talk about? I don't, Gosh, I'm me? just the passenger on this ridiculous <laughs> ride. You guys are steering the ship. I don't know. If you ask me ride. something, I'll answer it. If you don't, then I guess we're done. I think that's good. <laughs> okay. what, kind of, what kind of soap do you use, Josh? What? Well, it depends on my mood. I, I really am partial to Irish Spring. Yeah. Okay, good. When's the hardest time you've laughed? Uh, probably this episode. <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. In 10th grade, my friend tried to imitate a deer, which is like a Michigan <laughs> thing. You you wouldn't know what a deer it's like a, It's like a skinny cow with like sticks coming out of its head. <laughs> I've seen Chronicles of Narnia. I know what a deer is. All right, then we're on the same page. Oh my gosh! Just Somebody... not in the just not in the same book. But he tried to imitate a deer, and I laughed so hard that I squirted Sprite out of my nose. That's the hardest that I've ever laughed. But th- this is this is a this is a close second. I don't have Sprite, so I I can't I can't like properly See, gauge. Look, look at this. Okay, look at this. There's a guy named Micah. I'm not going to say his whole name, but this guy, Micah, he's a listener of Canary Cry Radio. Uh-huh. And he just posted on Facebook, binge podcasting Canary Cry episodes during my move to Miami, Florida. 14 hours. This would have been the perfect episode. I know. For him. <laughs> Except too Especially bad. He's probably in Florida by now. Yeah, he's in Florida by now. But, oh, yeah, binge. What's up, Micah? This should yeah. have been your your like first live episode and it just keeps going i know can you imagine how terrible it would be if all of our episodes were live they would all be (laughs) eight hours long (laughs) actually no well i mean the krieger episode would be eight hours long and we would say oh my gosh i know that joke was so inside yeah yeah no I, i i've had him on my show too well actually i the show was supposed to be we love uh, you Krieger. by the way Oh, yeah, I love him to death. But, like, the show was supposed to be, you know, Doug Woodward and Doug Krieger. Well, for one thing, it took, like, two hours to even get Doug Krieger on the show because I had to explain how a computer worked. And then (laughs) once he was on, like, Doug, like, said a few things. But then it was, like, 
you know, it was like Doug, the Doug Krieger show. And so I talked to him for a while and then Doug left the other Doug, Doug Woodward left. And then it was just me and Krieger talking about his book. And I kept saying, I kept saying like, yeah, we'll have to have you on to talk about your book. But we just kept talking about his book because he kept talking about it. So I guess that was the episode. That's that sounds, sounds exactly right. how I would expect that to go. <laughs> and I posted the entire thing because I don't like editing. Can you edit? You know you can't do that on MS Paint. I, well, that's why I don't like it. That's why I don't like it. It's, it's <laughs> it just doesn't. I cannot. I don't know why, but I cannot get the file to open in in Paint or GIMP. I, I don't know why. <laughs> cannot get a two, three, four hour long audio file. <laughs> it was a video to open. So up it definitely like, should have opened in Paint, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it wouldn't. It's the it wouldn't. industry so, leading graphic video. Well, that's what I figured, but I, apparently there's something wrong because it would. So I just posted the whole thing. Oh, there's going to be some people listening that think that I'm like being serious about that. Wait, <laughs> is, is Josh Peck really not. that inept? Josh Peck. Josh Peck knows a lot about quantum theory. Yeah, he's uh, going to tell us about quantum computers. physics, and he can't even turn a computer on. He knows less about computers than his great grandmother who gave him a skateboard. It's so true. Like I know it's ridiculous, but I, I I don't know half. I don't even know like three quarters of the thing my the things that my phone can do. What kind but of I'm writing have? I'm writing books about quantum physics. Like is it a that? is it a flip phone? It, it it was until a few months ago. It I was mean, a pay as you go phone. No, even that, no, even it's that, two halves of a flip phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even that, so bored. Yeah, that's that's the cue. I that think is that's, cute. Gotta, I'm tired too. Sorry, I didn't mean to yawn into the mic. That's kind of yes, rude. Nope, you've yes, ended sir. it. Buzzkill. <laughs> All right. Lives. What? What? Yep. So, Josh, where can people get your book? <laughs> so they can go. <laughs> so they can go to my website, ministry.com. Uh, it's the best place to get it. You can also get it on Amazon. But I'll ask you if if people have that book or quantum creation or any of my other books, if you could leave an honest review on Amazon, that would be great. That's an like honest, the best an yeah, honest positive review. It doesn't have to be good. Just honest like that. That's the best thing you can do for an author is, is leave them an honest review. If you don't like the book, that's fine. You know, you can write it in there or, or don't, but <laughs> the, the, the book was great, but those pictures, man, <laughs> Yeah, get it together. <laughs> all right, you know, all right. So, and Basil are good with that stuff. You should maybe get a hold. <laughs> you of should email them. It would take four minutes. <laughs> hey, yeah, your, oh, your your book is right now. It's number one new release in Christian angelology and demonology. Yeah, how do you look that up? I, I didn't even know that. How do you look that up? Because I've been wondering how to figure that out. We I cannot. Can you teach me the Amazon? <laughs> Don't have time to explain this to you. Just teach me the Amazon. Come on. <laughs> uh, is it really? Is it really? That's what it says in my thing. I just pulled it up on Amazon, and it says number one release in Christian angel angelology and demonology. That's just, awesome. It just says it at the top there. So there you go. Congratulations. Hey, all right. You're I didn't even star. know that because I don't know how to look that stuff up. But awesome. <laughs> and actually, down here it says you're number six. But you know, it's still good. Why did you say number one? Because <laughs> it says number one at the top. What? Okay, now, okay, see why I'm confused? 
Do you see why Amazon confuses me now? How could it be number one and number six? Quantum You're the theory. quantum physics quantum here. <laughs> quantum physics. <You're- laughs> It's a quantum theory guy. All right, unless Amazon is like operating in multiple dimensions, or actually, no, not dimensions, but universes, parallel universes, two different things. I mean, I don't think that's what we're looking at. Call me crazy, but I don't think that you're operating in parallel dimensions. Well, you are the parallel dimension guy. You would know. Um, what do I'm trying to look at? Okay, wait, we got to wrap this up. Yep. I oh, if people if people want to email me with any questions or concerns <laughs> or, or complaints, if they want to file questions a, and concerns, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's gonna have, be it's gonna be both. If you have complaints about this episode, please go ahead and email Josh. Yeah, uh, actually, that's Josh fine. Peck I, at Nickelodeon dot com. Yeah. my email is uh, Josh Peck Disclosure at Gmail dot com. Because I don't know how to set up an email on my own website, so hey, I have a Gmail account. Okay. We have a Gmail account. Yes, we do. Yay! I'm not alone. But yeah, people can get a hold of me there if they have any questions or... Man, I'm probably going to get questions about what is going on with this episode. This episode's (laughs) great. This is... I know that's what they're going to ask. Why is this so amazing? Why isn't every episode of Canary Cry this amazing? We can just post the whole thing. We just got to put a disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Only listen if you are Gary Busey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have yes. one one I, download. I'm bringing that up Busey. again. Yeah. Yeah, but he'll probably download it a bunch of times though. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he doesn't know how the iTunes works. <laughs> exactly. The Gary Busey doesn't understand the iTunes. The Gary Busey at gmail.com. <laughs> I I wish it might that actually might be his actual email address. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, I, I'm dear. gonna email that Jesus, later. Help. <laughs> do you think all right. Okay, when we're in heaven, is this gonna be all of eternity, just this? Like, do you think we retain our sense of humor? No, but I think as punishment. I'm going to play this episode in front of everybody, and we're going to have to stand there and answer for it. God's going to put it in the furnace. It's going to burn. All those angels with a bunch of eyeballs are going to be like rolling all the eyeballs. eyeballs We'll look at one angelic being and see 10 million eyeballs. Well, it does. It does say that we're going to ha- have to answer for every idle word we speak. So this episode is absolutely included in that. And Gary Busey, Lord Willen, will be there. He better just be cheering in the back. You just hear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazon Fire TV stack. That's all you hear in the background. He's still promoting it. He doesn't get that. Like that's all done. And do your neighbors with. think you're nuts? It's like five a.m. and you're like screaming and yelling. Yeah, they haven't complained yet, so it, okay, it, it's good. worth it. I'm just, I'm just picturing, <laughs> just picturing cherubim rolling their eyeballs. My roommates, <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> angels with four times four heads, <laughs> just all shaking, just an <laughs> eagle angel face. Just are you sighing. saying that? Are you saying somebody has that as a roommate? That'd be what? No, no, I'm saying no, my saying- roommates have come in 
multiple times. I, I thought you were saying that like somebody has that as a roommate. No. <laughs> like, who would ever want that as a roommate? <laughs> How would you even house it? My my roommate is a chubby little baby with wings. And he keeps coming in here. Well, at least it would make a little bit more sense, like how to take care of it. I guess. Yeah, but it's a tiny chubby baby with wings with ten million eyeballs that he <laughs> and just rolls all of his eyeballs at me. Uh, I bet uh, you we are the first people in the history of mankind. To to draw to draw a picture of these cherubim eyeballs, the eyes all around, just rolling. And Gary Busey and Gary Busey and, and, and AOL and payphones and Josh Peck's great grandmother and Chris Moen out there somewhere. Think outside the universe. So that's not my line. It's not my line. Oh, thank you. That was really respectful. Yeah, that was a, 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 I was. That was good. See, you can't get another co-host. Nobody else can say it like I can. All right, let's end this. Okay, so <laughs> no, Man, you can't. That's Josh, not your cue. Josh, Josh, no, I, I got to point this out because I, I think that your listeners will appreciate okay. it. All right. Okay. Okay, me and my me me and my wife were talking about it. Me and your mother. Your mother. That was a Freudian slip Ooh. if I've ever heard one. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I say mice? No, I said mice. You were about, you were to, about say to say mother, mother <laughs> and you you, and you said, but you were talking about your wife. Oh, she uh, Christina's going to appreciate that. Well, <laughs> we were talking about it, and Basil, we we have discovered that you are a cross between Lane Staley and Mitch Hedberg. I get Mitch Hedberg a lot. I have no idea who that other guy you is. You don't know who Lane Alice Staley James, is? Alice man. Alice in Chains. Dude. He's, he's, yeah. so, he's so dead. You know what's funny? They're both drug addicts and they're both dead. Great. <laughs> Thank you. For not, I didn't even, not I didn't even think of that. Not even comparing <laughs> me to one dead drug addict. <laughs> making me a mix of two... Deceased drug addicts, rest in peace. Hey, but you know what the upside is? They were very, very talented. Very at their talented. Craft. Very, very famous. <laughs> very and, and, and now they're dead. But, short-lived, but but Jesus. but those years no they packed the punch. Everybody's trying to replace me. <laughs> <laughs> they, this is short-lived. All right. No respect. No, no disrespects to those those two gentlemen. They're very talented, and Jesus loves them. <sighs> okay, Josh. Anything else, or can we end this? Oh man, we have been done and over like an hour ago. <laughs> One hour. Try two and a half hours before we even started. We were done. <laughs> okay, everybody. That was our very good friend of the show and very talented author with his new book, Cherubim Chariots. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Cherubim Chariots. Get it now. Just do it. Probably could have finished reading it by the time you listened to this episode. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This honestly was like the funnest show we've ever done. Oh, and, me too. And hopefully a lot of it, most of it gets on the air 
<laughs> I'm better. actually, we're just going to have to insist. We're going to have to put a disclaimer. Thank you very much, buddy. Give them, give them your email address at gmail.com and your website one more time. Absolutely. The website is ministry.com and my uh, email is joshpeckdisclosure uh, at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I, I do everything I can to you know reply to everybody that writes. So uh, if you write me, I'll get back with you. So there you have it, Josh Peck. Make sure to check him out on the internets, as he would call it. Oh, well, as you can see, that was just a really, really fun episode for me. I'm not even going to put it down. I had so much fun. It was great. I was totally into it. Gons, thank you for trying to reel us back in there once in a while. Everybody listening, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as well. If you didn't, that's okay. I'm. We totally get it. I got to re-experience the entire thing while editing. So, yeah. so you know, just just so there you go. Yeah. So Gons yeah. feels your pain. <laughs> but for those of you who made it all the way through, good job! Internet high five. Yeah, that is impressive. I know that's more impressive than people getting through my film. I know. I'm always impressed with that because that's three hours long, and it's I like know. I watched the whole thing, and it's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. So if you got through this whole thing, it's like so. This is like a real. This is a real B cut for like really hardcore fans of the show. If you made it all the way through, good for you, Dan. Working in an office in Texas. um, What's up, buddy? Also Texas, we love you. (laughs) All right. So everybody, uh, if you want more episodes of Canary Cry Radio, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Not all of them are like this. But they're still great, nonetheless. Um, you can also go to canarycryradio.com where you can find show notes and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. We also have, if you feel so inclined, we have a store section where you can uh, buy t-shirts, I believe, and books and things. You can access Amazon through there. And if you buy things in Amazon, clicking through that link, a portion of that goes to support Canary Cry Radio. Another way to support Canary Cry Radio, because you love us so much, is by going to our support button. And there, you can make a donation uh, with a, a monthly donation in all sorts of amounts there. There's a little drop-down menu. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can go ahead and make a one-time donation in any amount. It really, really helps us out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who has already donated. You're the best. Also, while you're on Canary Cry Radio, you can go ahead and join our email list where you will get all sorts of behind-the-scenes things. You'll get emails from Gons and I, audio emails, and you also get some fun extra audio from this episode. If you can believe it, there was more. Hmm, what else? (sighs) Yes, it is still late. Um, Oh, go to iTunes. Go to iTunes, leave a review and a rating. Now, we realize that this episode may not be the best episode to judge us on, but, you know, if that's how the cookie crumbles, that's how the crumbled cookie crumbles. (laughs) It's so late. All right. So there you go. Please go do that. That helps us out a lot. Um, If you didn't enjoy the silly, maybe give us a break. (laughs) Maybe 
we don't base a one star review on this but you know you gotta do what you gotta do alright everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio make sure to tune in next time but until you do think outside the cage <laughs> <laughs>